Welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 16. And once again with us, Mr. John J. Wolf. How are you doing tonight, John? You know, I'm feeling good, man. This is going to be a really good episode. Yes, this was a this was a fun show. Like kind of like how the other one was before, a lot of new names, but since it's their return to uh, center stage for GCW's Hope to Die, they uh definitely brought out all the bells and whistles for this show as well. And Let's hop right into it. As like I said, it's at uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, Center Stage Theater. Once again, on commentary, no KG, but we are uh, joined on commentary by Brett, Dave Prazek, MLJ, Mose, and Nick Gage at the end. And uh, I see here you have some pre-show. Do you want to talk about the building before we get into the card? Yeah, so this is a very historic building for those who don't know. This was where WCW shot most of their Saturday night shows between 1989 and 1996. So for those who are old enough to go get a prostate exam, this was where we watched wrestling when we were growing up. This was the old 605 uh, show that you'd see coming out of Atlanta. Uh, Center Stage Theater was the show. So I really thought that I just wanted to mention just a little bit of the history there because this was the place and so much history had went down during that time. But right. Well, go ahead, brother. No, go ahead. Uh, really, I was just going to go right into the show here because the, the camera pops right on. You hear I'm in Atlanta. Famous music hits Metallica. Nick Gage comes right out. The crowd's popping hard. You know, everybody's giving him love. It's it's basically the stone cold entrance that uh, that he's doing now over here in GCW. So Gage Gage has got this down now, man. So of course he's got this thing now. I think it's gonna stay this way. He goes, Emil, give me that shit. And Emil hits that famous intro. Atlanta goes crazy. So basically, after that, Nick talks about the history of wrestling in the venue, how honored he was to be there so i was really happy that he even acknowledged it this was really important for people my age because this was our saturday night no shit this is what really kicked it off and um we really looked forward to it so nick ended up thanking everyone for coming out and inspiring him to uh work hard daily which this is um this is the real shit. I really do like how Gage has turned into um, this veteran now to where he's comfortable enough with himself to be able to tell people that he loves them and he can receive love back and still be the tough guy. Yeah, that's so, what makes I mean, me kind of like Nick Gage a more because as you said, as he always says, too, he's the realest one there is. And like when I first heard it, I'm like, OK, you're just being a tough guy. But I actually got to talk to him one time at the UCC just real briefly. But like you could tell he like the fans absolutely motivate him. And I think that's what's him training with Jordan getting back in ring shape. I think the fans, like, even though in Nick's eyes, he even said it, like he thought he was done. I think that he sees that the crowd wants another shot, wants one more run. And as he said in the last promo, it's comeback season. We want one more nice GCW run from Nick Gage before he kind of heads off into the sunset. But I'm pretty sure we'll still see him around all the time because even if it's just for this entrance, I, I'm cool seeing it starting off the show that way he still gets his love and gets his uh flowers from the fans everywhere he goes and then doesn't take away from the show and then you can still have him on commentary and we still get the whole nick gage experience and i once again I, as you said the, the realist like i love hearing him talk and i've now taken to what he says a lot more um serious than what i thought because like i said i always thought he was just person like oh i'm just talking big but you could tell he actually really does whatever he says it's honest truth and i love like when he cuts promos and stuff even on twitter like you could tell it's honest and 
the truthful Nick Gage. And as you said, he feels comfortable in his skin now to kind of get more real, get more serious, which as a person, I love seeing that. I really appreciated how commentary really didn't say anything and let Nick just talk and the whole thing breathed, which I think is a big deal. As you get older again, you'll get to learn that when somebody's talking and commentary isn't saying anything over them, it's important. And they let that happen. There was a moment here where I believe Gage said that this was going to primarily be a championship versus career match. And uh, no lie, there was a vicious echo that was coming up on the microphone. So I was a little off and on on what was said after that. But I did want to just say what I did here was absolutely wonderful. I did like that he was just so thankful. I like that, uh, you know, he's willing to put his career on the line. He said, you know, put a bullet in my head. So it's pretty crazy. It's pretty hardcore, man. I just love too when Moxley brought up the old yeller. It's like, hey, I know if I had a dog and they were living in pain, I'd go out there and put it out myself. And that's how he's changing oh, yeah. the gauge. Like that was so like that promo was pretty cool back and uh yeah, that's an awesome way to start the show. Um uh quick thing about the venue too. I noticed it didn't seem to be as much people as the first show, which is kind of surprising because I thought the first show like Played off really. I, I was just telling you, I just watched the first show again last night just to bits and giggles. I was just watching it mm-hmm. and like the crowd was so hyped all night. And I think like they were a little taken aback by they didn't get any like quote unquote deathmatch or violent stuff until like the very end of the night when like they brought out the light tubes. Or I think it was Nick Gage and Traymon against, I forgot who it was, but they brought out the light tubes in and you see like crowd pop as they always do once you bring out the light tube especially if they haven't gotten it all night long they've been kind of anticipating it so i was kind of shocked to see the crowd uh not as full as it was before because that was a great show the first time and i thought it would be a better turn the second time but the crowd that was there was very very vocal all night and i think that plays uh with this venue plays to its strength where like the crowd could go off and that, as you said that microphone that feedback was pretty rough but near the end of the promo you heard them cut it out and fix their problem and yeah the, the sound stage at center stage was like uh, awesome like i i i wish <laughs> whatever they get acoustic wise at center stage i wish they would start using at the ucc and other places where they kind of struggle when it becomes a uh, mic time for ml or wrestlers cutting promos it becomes very hard to hear even in person and Definitely uh, watching on Fight TV becomes kind of hard to hear, but luckily they did fix it, and uh, the crowd definitely killed it all night long. And uh, as we were head right into the first match, it's Nick Wayne going against Joe Lando, and right away you get the Nick fucking Wayne chance. And I love, I kind of like how they play it off because like Nick, Nick, Nick fucking Gage, and then now they do it kind of for Wayne. I like how he gets a little rub off that Nick, uh, Nick Gage chance as well. Yeah, you got to work your ass off to get fucking oh in your God, name. Right? You know, Jimmy fucking <laughs> Lloyd's getting it, you know. So so right off the bat, I do want to say that we didn't have a lot more Effie support based upon the fact that this is Effie's home territory. I don't know how many people knew that, but this is really where Effie, you know, resides roughly. I think both performers overall were really well received. The crowd is still getting introduced to Lando, but boy, you know, they're having a great introduction with him. Nick fucking Wayne chance right out the gate. You made a great point with the crowd and the ring noise. Uh, it's, it's mic'd so well. I don't know what happened. I don't know if there was a little WCW playbook from back in the day, but it sounded fantastic. I hope they carry that into every show, whatever they learned there. I hope they carry it forward. 
Um, a lot of younger, quicker, semi-innovative style maneuvers and moves that you're going to get out of two uh, younger, fresher talents. Wasn't very, um, wasn't a slow-paced match at all. A lot of double moves. You'd see like double bridges, double drop kicks. There's a point where both kind of kick up to their feet, double clotheslines. Uh, we're seeing a lot of Nick chants. Some people would say these guys would have busy feet. I know a lot of veterans would say with the younger guys, they really want to just go, go, go. This was literally the match of busy feet. There was just, it was constant. Lando's injured and he was still killing it this entire match, dude. Just yeah. killing it. That's crazy to see what he's doing. Not at a hundred percent where I like, as you're probably about to let into, I can't wait till he's a hundred percent and we get to see with no restrictions of how well Lando could do. Cause I love the Blake Christian match. And I thought that was a perfect opportunity for him to showcase his skills while during the match, they had a couple, like it did like the one crazy spot where like Blake is, does his backflip and the kicks and stuff. Like there was like, not they they weren't even close. You could tell it was kind of there. Like when he went to go kick him, he wouldn't have kicked Blake, even if he stood there and didn't do the duck and stuff like that, where I think those were nerves, but also Nick or Joe trying to do something cool while not further injuring his ankle. And, mm -hmm. Once he gets 100%, I can't wait to see him and Commander, Nick Wayne, and Ringo at all. I have, I just want to see a crazy just luchador high-flying scramble with Joe Lando. And I thought this was a cool, like, as you said, the double teams. Like, they were both on the same page as the commentary. Uh, I'm pretty sure Dave Prezak said that. And um, for both being as young as they are, I think that was pretty cool saying, like, hey, they both got the same movesets at such a young age where they all have a complementary style with each other. And... Joe is just going to keep on growing. And Nick Wayne, I thought this was cool of maybe letting him kind of control the match and kind of be the dictator of the pacing and the calling the spots and the shots during this match. I thought this was kind of a good learning moment for Nick Wayne. If that was the case, I'm, I'm only assuming because he's a more veteran in a GCW ring, but as, um, in your notes there, I'll, I'll kind of steal it since you didn't kind of say it, how Joe Lando's wrestled all over the country in 23 or all over the world in 23 different countries. Um, I loved like I love seeing that because I had no idea. I thought Joe was just a uh, one of these high flyers, not off the streets, but hey, we're getting to our first look at him. I didn't know he had that kind of veteran status for him. It gets even better than that, man. It's 23 companies just in England and Europe. Oh. So those 23, that doesn't even count when it's done across Japan, the United States, Canada, Mexico, possibly. That's so right. I just wanted to let you know, yeah, three's the little number. No shit, man. He really has something going for him. But I really did think this was really an absolutely wonderful match. Between these two, there was so much energy that it had kind of a big fight feel. There was tons of crowd participation in this match, tons of chance. Honestly, I really do think that uh, the match was long enough to really get its point across. It could have gone longer. They could have told a longer story. They definitely had the energy with those two young guys. But it really did get its point across. I think that just under 12 minutes was a, a long enough opener. But, I mean, just an amazing match overall. These two guys are freaking, they're fantastic, man. Yeah, I thought, that, as you said, the perfect time. But because there was no storyline or nothing to kind of, for me, there was no reason to keep on going as long other than just to kind of keep on doing cool shit. But... I think yeah. since there is not really a story with them and they're pretty much our two baby faces, it's the first match of the night. I thought it was kind of a cool way. Like, hey, let's get this high fly. Let's get the crowd behind these high flyers. Let's get a high paced fast match. And this one absolutely connected on everything. And for the opening match of the evening, I don't think they could have 
done wrong and Nick Wayne and Joe Lando definitely with whatever time they had the 11 minutes as you said was a perfect time to get their shit in show there's moves to the crowd and also uh set the pace for the rest of the night and Nick Wayne does end up picking up the victory as he hits the clout cutter on Joe Lando um for the victory our second match of the evening we have Billy Starks going one-on-one against B-Boy and I know we talked last episode of once again cool seeing B-Boy Kind of uh, traveling, getting uh, the t- in the towns with GCW, other than just in the LA, San Francisco area. And uh, before we go into this match, I kind of wanted to, it's like, I just want to kind of quickly go over like, this match was awesome. If you don't know old school B Boy from like Ring of Honor or uh, some other companies that he's wrestled in the indies, this was one of his first matches. I know he's been injured for like the longest time. So, um, he's even though he has ever said he came back from the injury, I could tell just like how Joe Lando he's not 100%. This was the first match since I seen B Boy return to GCW where, yeah, he's fully healed, told an amazing story. And anyone that doesn't kind of understand B Boy, I highly suggest you check out this match because this was one of the old school B Boy matches that I remember seeing back in Ring of Honor days. I enjoyed every single so I, I, uh, I don't even know if the bell ever rang. In this match, this thing just, I mean, it just, I I actually went back and I don't believe the referee ever signaled for the bell to ring. So I think this one just hit the fan as as soon as they both came out. Uh, Billy came out as William Starks. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, Billy tried to do a tope suicida and got caught. And then she got launched into the cage near the stage. And I'm guessing that was where the bell was supposed to be rung. <laughs> but um, yeah, honestly, I'm just going to talk about Billy stuff here because this match was primarily Billy's time to shine. And B-Boy, you know, he handed her out on a, he gave him a hell of stiff shots like crazy, hard shots, uh, a buckle bomb. I'm not a big fan of the buckle bomb. We won't go too far into it. Like I said, it's it's injured quite a few of the people that I look up to. And, you know, I saw Sting get injured by it and whatnot. But uh then I saw a facelift, so this was kind of funny. So it was hard chops from B-Boy, then a buckle bomb, then it went straight into a facelift. Just rough. Billy took a lot of serious damage in this match. She sold it really well. Billy didn't, she, like, she had sporadic offense. There was few moves here, few moves there. Uh, several sentons. One of them was on the hardest part of the ring, and it was just, it was brutal. Really, I would say that Billy must have known she was going to come out there and get get kicked out of her because this is one of those matches that you know it's more defining every couple months she needs to have one of these matches that we were talking about where everyone should have for respect purposes this was hers and up against b-boy a veteran who has all respect hell yeah yeah great match man i'm kind of glad you took the billy starks portion of it because like i said for me this match to me was all about b-boy because Right, about, right from the get-go when he catches her and then starts uh, hits the razor's edge on the fence. That's another cool thing. That's what I was about to say at the beginning, like with the center stage. I love how they had the fence area around and Dave Prezak even mentioned like, oh, it kind of feels like every match is a cage match surrounding the ring. Yes. But uh, yeah, this was classic B-Boy. Like I, I paid so much attention to this match because once I saw how it started and Billy's got B-Boy in the corner and trying to beat it, beat him and he's just like sitting there staring at her like what are you doing like you're still a child i'm a grown man here like this ain't gonna work and then he turns around and as you said he laid it into billy and i know i've talked in the press of like how charles mason just beats the shit out of charlie this was right away this is what i went to was like b-boy was intense and like that was from the last few matches we've seen of b-boy in gcw that was not 
what we've seen of him lately. And I'm going even back into LA fights too, because I think he's kind of wrestled more in LA fights and GCW on the West Coast uh, lately. But this was awesome. Like I, I loved every second of this B boy stuff, and um, he really stiffed Billy. And as you said, I think this was one of those ones where like B boys, like, hey, I'm gonna kind of control this match. I'm gonna kind of. Uh, Laid into you, and I'm going to kind of give you the beat down. But I'll obviously at the end, like you're probably going to go over, but I'm going to make you look good. I'm going to have you having the crowd getting behind you because I'm just beating the shit out of you. And B Boy, no soda. Like I, I just loved every piece of B Boy during this match. And I want to see this kind of B Boy keep on going in GCW if it's in a one on one form because this was amazing to me to watch. And I, I, I just got so nostalgic watching B Boy. <laughs> The veteran looks strong. The new kid looks strong. A year ago, this match would have never happened, let alone went this long. Nor would Billy had won. So, I, well, yeah. The winner was Billy Starks yes. with a jackknife in. I'm sorry, man. No, but I really, I, I just kind of got away on this one because I really liked uh, her strong booking. This is, uh, this is one of these people that as long as we don't shut the door on her, she's going to show up and work. And I think she earned a good spot with, you know, a rub against B-Boy, especially after the really busy summer she had. Yeah, she's been like on yeah. almost uh, all the cards as well. Like, as you said, she's been very busy and um, I'm kind of hoping that continues. I know like with her, Nick Wayne, school starts. I know it's such a crazy thing to say, like mm-hmm. school season's about to start. So we might not be seeing too much of them, but um what they i think that i think i made mention in the past too of like how like at the backyard wrestling show i think i was talking about like where yeah like billy and nick wayne like i'm glad we're seeing them getting used now because coming up here we might not see much of them and same thing with nick wayne possibly going to AEW here soon once he finishes uh high school and stuff like that like just saying it out loud billy starks in high school and she took this beating from a grown-ass man like (laughs) you ain't gonna see that anywhere else and have it tell a story as well as it did, like this was yeah. good for Billy, earned the respect. B boy elevated it to B boy status, as I know of him. And uh, once again, uh, for a second match of the night, a uh, nice 10 minute match where it told an incredible story in that short amount of time. And I know you made mention uh, on the last podcast about these shorter match times. You now, we kind of we kind of crave the longer ones to tell the stories, but even though they have been seeming to get shorter with the 10 minutes, 11 minutes, I think they are telling excellent stories with the time that they're given where I kind of want to see B-Boy get his comeuppance. And uh, even though Billy got the victory, I would like to see B-Boy kind of have another match against William Stark or Billy Starks or William Starks in this match. <laughs> I know it messed me up, but uh, I would like to see like uh-huh. Billy kind of just beat the shit out of B-Boy and then B-Boy end up getting the victory. I think they could go here. They could do something with this storyline. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, real curious to see where they're going to go with this. I'm I'm I want to see maybe we should look ahead at some point and find out who Billy's fighting in these next 3 4 shows. Maybe we're looking at a push for her too. We might be looking at like this big youth push coming up because these uh these first 3 matches especially the the next one we're going to talk about too. They really did feature the young guys, the, the you know, the fresher people, you know, people that uh was born after 2000. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah, there were two matches here in a row where I could safely say they were given fair enough time. They told fantastic stories and they shoved a lot of ingredients in one meal. Yes. And once again, Billy Starks does pick up the victory over B-Boy with that jack. Going into the third match of the evening. I don't think this was for the title, 
but we had the GCW Extreme Champion, the Ratty Daddy, Cole Redrick, going one on one against Brett Eisen. And I think I've seen I've seen his name plenty, but I don't think I've seen a couple, maybe a couple matches here and there of Brett. And when he came out, I was like, oh crap. That's a that's the big guy that I thought he would, and having him go against Cole Radrick was I was like, oh, this is gonna be one of these uh, David versus Goliath matchups. So, what was your opinions on this match? A hundred percent a David versus Goliath situation. This was one of the ones where the um, the little guy had to use his speed to beat up the big guy. I mean, it was just, it was really enjoyable to watch. Brett Eisen, for me, he was brand new again, unless I may have seen him somewhere and just didn't remember the name. The crowd really received him well. So, you know, Cole looked really excited coming out. He looked really amped. He had that look in his eyes, ready to fucking go. And he's going to be with the guy to pick up what he said. Uh, the crowd loves Cole. So, I mean, we're looking at a situation here where it's just going to be happiness all around. Brett started the match by uh, arguing with the crowd which I thought was really fun. Uh, again, nice old school move. We talked about it with George South. So I do like the fact that somebody takes a little bit of time. Also, not only is it insulting the crowd, but you're also stalling and the fans hate stalling. Easy heat. I don't know if you've noticed that, man. It's easy, easy heat. All easy along. heat. Um, but Cole was getting his ass kicked for a good chunk of this match, man. Just, oh. I thought this um, was a cool way too, like as the previous match, getting the crowd behind them. Even though this was a little bit more easier as we got, as I said, the David Goliath, like I think obviously everyone's going to root for David there against Goliath, but with Brett getting the cheap heat and then destroying Cole and like ragdolling him as much as he did, um, the crowd easily got behind Cole Radrick and Cole obviously thrives. And I think we see a different Cole. The, uh, as the crowd starts to cheer for him more, you see him start to get a little bit more crazy and try to do more crazy kind of moves and even though this match didn't get too extreme too ultra violent or whatever i thought this was a nice uh nice match to tell to get cole like hey we haven't really seen him against that big of guy either so maybe as the next couple weeks kind of go on the next couple events maybe we'll start seeing cole radrick getting in tougher situations and kind of instead of just kind of cruising to victories in these matches even though i know it hasn't really cruised i think him challenging and kind of um climbing that top vine to get to the top of the mountain i think that struggle of seeing cole radrick in a match that's going to help him kind of uh elevate and get the crowd even more behind him yeah there was this was two matches in a row here where the face was getting their asses kicked but it really did boost their stock still yep so just it basically took our good guys and made them look even stronger you know i love and i'm kind of repeating myself a little bit but this was the third match in a row where the young talent had the spotlight and i really like this focus on the younger talent yeah, and like after seeing Brett here, like it was a short match and it didn't get too crazy. I'd like to see uh, maybe what Brett could do in a more extreme kind of match with some weapons, some fuckery going around because he's definitely got the look. I don't know about the move sets. He's definitely got the strength. I saw. I remember like Paul Radic went for a bulldog, I think it was, and like Brett Isom just kind of. Like was about to go down, lifted him. Cole Rogers, like, oh crap, I didn't connect it, and Brett just or yeah, Brett just threw Cole all over the place. Where I think, um. His strength, if he could get some more moves and tell some bigger and better stories with, I think it's gonna he's gonna keep on improving and hopefully we'll see him again in a GCW ring uh, as a more evolved and uh, more polished talent. Hell but, yeah! But uh, we go to the winner. <laughs> I just of this wanted match. to say hell yeah, bro. No, I agree. Like no, big fan of both. Yes, 
Um, and I, I just like seeing Cole. I think I always kind of like seeing the faces or the people we cheer for. I like seeing them not already at the top of the mountain, cheering them on their way up. You can, because as fans, it makes us feel like, oh, was, uh, we helped we helped Cole Radjic overcome the the Goliath there. We it was because we were cheering for him is the reason he won. And I think Cole's a perfect uh, wrestler or per- perfect person to kind of live that role and get the fans behind them. And Cole Radjic does end up uh, winning. And like I said, I don't, I can't remember if this was for the extreme title or not, but uh, still is the champion as he defeats <laughs> yes. Eitzen in right almost eight minutes of the match. For our fourth matchup of the evening, we have All Heart, Blake Christian, going against Masha Slamovich. And once again, I still was heading into this match wondering what was going to happen with the Blake cheers, but I think after this kind of, uh, these last couple shows being away from the AC crowd, I think we're getting more of the normal All Heart Blake Christian, which is why I announced him as All Heart that time. Uh, he's getting more of the cheers. He's starting to get rid of whatever happened in AC, even though it's still kind of... I'm still interested to see what happens when he returns to AC or if he goes to LA, as that it has a very similar crowd. Um, him running these South shows is kind of good for him, too, because I know he's from... I think he's from Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. So him kind of being down South, Makes it easier for him to get the cheers, which I'm kind of glad to see because his character's not up in limbo. So we are back to a 100% all heart Blake Christian going against Masha Slamet. What was your thoughts on this match? So this was the second or third match in a row now from Blake where I was really listening to the crowd, making sure that uh, I could hear any cheers or boos clearly. In this case, I heard primarily about 98% cheers when he was coming out. A lot of all heart chants are very strong. I think I heard one person say, fuck you, Blake. Well, yes. fuck them. That's just one person. Uh, so I don't count that as a group. That's a person from AC, probably. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's that's okay. You never know who it might be. Um, but Masha was looking more like who she normally should be. It was more crisp. They were well-executed moves. They were more smash mouth. Uh, better than the last four or six matches. Uh, again, she very well could have been injured, and it shows more like it may, very well may have been an injury. Uh, let's just say one leg injury, man, it's hard to lift. Back yeah. injury, it's hard to lift. Co- core strength, you're going to have issues. And so uh, I'm happy that she's back to normal is all that matters there. Uh, Blake wrestled Masha's style, more or less. It was more of a ground-based match. He wasn't on the ropes as much as he normally would be, and he ate a lot of shots to the face. Yeah. But yeah, this this match went outside several times. A lot of dives, a lot of over the top rope. But again, brawl style, lots of strikes, lots of holds. It was um, it just garnered a lot of GCW chance, man. Everybody was really happy. A lot of impressive moves, a lot between these two. I, I didn't even write down too many spots. There was just so it was very fluid between these two. And again, it's hard to have high spots because it was a lot of striking. So strike, strike sit for seven seconds strike strike and there's not much for me to write there so when i do put something like brawling or striking or kicks trust me there was action it was just for me to say kick kick you know kind of felt like watching a ufc fight yeah yeah i don't want to do a rundown on something like that but i wanted to make sure that i was clear that there wasn't a lot of high spots that i met here because there it was boots on the ground and they kicked the shit out of each other without having to fly too much yeah, and that's, as you said, that is Masha uh, Slamovich's style, 1,000%. She wants, wants to get into a MMA brawl with you. She wants to kick your face in. She wants to punch you. She wants to try to tear your limbs off you. Like, 
as you said, and then I kind of going back to how we were about same thing with Kevin Blackwood, where we noticed with Kevin Blackwood and Masha near around the same time, there was not their not their normal selves, not the normal matches we got used to seeing uh, for a couple matches between with both of them of kind of different opponents and not really not like kind of fe- not feeling it as much as we normally like I normally love watching Masha Slam because like she's just a striker and she's just going to kick your face and same thing with Blackwood they got very similar styles between the both of them where as we said with Kevin I think it just met match up stylistically it has a big role in how well the match was and as you said Blake kind of kept it more on the ground and kind of let Masha get the kicks in get the punches in and this was as you said typical Masha match this was one of her better matches that she's had he got back to normal. And as you said, could be injury. Same thing with Blackwood. Maybe he was off because of those injuries. I'm kind of glad seeing these wrestlers that we kind of like, hey, we're not getting the same matches, the same feelings as we're used to, kind of shaping back into form of how they were when we first became to love them as GCW wrestlers. And this was one of the, like, as you said, perfect spot for uh, Masha to get back into it. Blake very well played into it and let Masha kind of get the stuff in. Um while also not flying around the ring, making it difficult for Masha to get her stuff in. So Blake, I think, is also a perfect opponent, like, perfect opponent to make uh, whoever he's going against look good while still being as dominant as Blake in Blake is in the ring. And I'm so happy to see Masha back in form and seeing Blake kind of settle the whole thing with the booze and stuff. That's kind of feeling more like the All Heart and. Um, Blake Christian does end up picking up the victory with this in this match as he does hit the curb stop on Masha. But as we've noted prior, just because she lost, she definitely came out looking good and her stock improved. And I'm glad to see Masha back in 100% form. I was just really able to uh, appreciate the match for what it was. And, you know, we were looking at that Smash Mouth style. I didn't know if Masha was going to move more towards Blake's style or Blake moved towards Masha's style. Now I knew. Uh, what was nice about this is at the end of the night, all we heard was heavy all heart chants. So after that match was over, just all heart. All, that's exactly what we needed. That's exactly what GCW needed to put the story of Blake back online and that's exactly what Blake needed so that he can have his confidence uh, unshook so he can go out there and perform. Yeah, that, that we made comments about that. It was like we were kind of wondering how it's going to affect him. And, and now after a couple of shows, I, I think it's safe to say we're back to all heart. We're back to him kind of trying to win over the crowd again. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think he's still going to have some, like, even though he got a lot of chance, I think he's still going to have to kind of work hard, do these kind of matches where and not talk on the microphone after every match. I think that's what's kind of helping him get the crowd back behind him. And I'm glad to see it because, like I said, Blake, no matter what we say, like how much he got – the push towards the titles and how much mic time he got compared to other wrestlers. He is so talented in the ring, but he makes it undeniable where it makes it very hard not to cheer for him. And he's so talented. I'm glad to see he's kind of got the smile back on his face. Cause he kind of looked like Shawn Michaels there for a little bit. Like, Oh, he lost his smile, but nice. He's to likable see. too, man. Yes. He's, so likable. And he's very, like I said, he's very nice too. I talked to him in person, him and Jordan kind of like full around at the, Birch tables when I've kind of interacted with Blake too. So you can kind of see he loves this. And obviously he's so fucking talented and Masha back to normal. Like this is, this was like kind of a feel good match for me where it's like, okay, Masha back to hundred percent Blake back to being all heart. We got rid of this, the booze and stuff. Blake didn't get on the mic either. It's like, this is what I want to see with these two competitors. And hopefully we keep seeing that uh, move forward as we get closer to the art of war game. And speaking of art of war games, 
we have a tag team match with one of the competitors in the GCW tag team title match at Art of War Games. And it is SGC, Mance Warner and Matthew Justice going one, or not one-on-one, going up against in a tag match, Charlie Evans and Everett Connors. And uh, I'm still want to see a different side of Everett. Like, not, it's not the same Everett that I'm used to seeing, but um, this match kind of did help me get closer there. Like I said, it just feels weird. Like, all these wrestlers are kind of not doing everything that I'm accustomed to, but now they're starting to form into shape of doing the stuff that I used to love. So uh, after seeing this match, kind of how it started, I was starting to say, like, yes, this is a, just like I was doing Masha. This is the Everett Connors that I know and fell in love with. Hopefully it keeps on going. It, maybe it was just jet lag from the homecoming weekend, but Charlie Evans and Everett Connors definitely uh, stepped up to the plate and got a little crazy here in the SGC match. What was your opinions on this match? Okay, so I'd like to see Charlie and Everett go ahead and get a team name. Let's go ahead and do it. They've been put together. Let's go ahead and give them a team name. They're a couple. It's a real-life thing. Why the hell not? So I just thought I'd kind of put that out there. Charlie was covered quite a bit from the get-go when she walked out there. Everett's wearing full-on gloves. You know, he's top to bottom usually, but this, I mean, even his hands are covered. So I'm like, okay, these two against SGC and they're covered, uh, you know, foot to yep. toe and uh, or foot to head and gear. I'm going, oh shit, this is going to be nasty. SGC uh, chance happened before they even hit the ring. Uh, so then we go right to the match. Less than two minutes in and Mance is drinking beer. We had <laughs> hydration chance for the first time. I, I didn't even, I don't think I've ever heard of hydration chant, have we? Same thing. I was like, wow, I never heard of that chant before. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and then there was a spot where uh, Mance, okay, so it works like this. Mance is drinking beer. We get hydration chance. Then Mance goes over, kicks Charlie. Charlie super kicks Mance. Charlie takes his beer and starts drinking it. Justice runs up and tries to beat up Charlie from behind. Charlie turns around, hits Justice in the head with that same beer, and then Everett super kicks Justice. Thank you, Everett. I wrote all that down because it was a cool little maneuver. It was a cool little thing going on. It was like a 15-second little... I mean, they put it together, obviously, and it was what they did on that. But uh, right after that move hit, maybe count 30 seconds, and they went outside and into the crowd. And that's where we had our good old-fashioned S split scene. Uh, fuckery everywhere, bro. Brawling, chairs flying, doors being thrown. <laughs> Typical fuckery. SGC. That was the SGC. Yeah, I, obviously, as you said, too, once I saw Connors come out with the gloves, and I always kind of know no matter what Evans is going on, like what her attire is, like she's down to get crazy and bring the weapons on bring the blood and everett as we've said before like doesn't really do that kind of match but him having the gloves i was like okay he's ready he knows he's about to get into a war here and as you said in that spot i loved how he finally kind of even though charlie evans did the first couple punches but finally got in and defended charlie at the right time before she got beat up where with it when he connected with the super kick on justice i was like Thank you. That's what I've been asking for, Everest. Step up. Protect your woman. Don't come in at the end and, oh, are you okay, baby? As you just got nailed with light tubes and stuff like that. So this is like Connors, as I was saying before the match. I wanted to see, and as the match progressed, I was like, same thing. Like, this is it. We're all, the, all the pieces are coming together for all these wrestlers. And um, I think it's perfect timing, too, with Art of War Games being a pretty big show coming up. Um, I still think it's kind of crazy. They're letting SGC kind of do these matches as that. Well, it's GCW. They don't care, but like having the Art of War games coming up, and this is a big night for them. And 
especially them being part of the main event. And I'm going to assume that's the main event is the tag team Art of War Games match. Um, seeing SGC kind of get a little crazy with Charlie Everett. See, that's why I, I agree with you. They need to change, come up with a name because I always say Charlie yeah. Evans or Charlie Everett. Like I always mess it up because the Everett and the Evans. But um, I Just love be the Connors. Oh, the like Connors. the Connors. I don't care. Whatever it is, like the Kurt and the Cattells. <laughs> Oh, I something, man. Just give them, yeah, give them a team name would be cool. But um, I did like how, of course, in any SGC match, you're going to see the tables and doors and it being in a center stage. I love, I just love watching Justice just have fun. He just, he just shows up for the drinks, the party, the kicking ass and going back to the party drinks and hopefully oh, kicking man. some ass later after the show, probably. Like he's just living his life. I love seeing him so happy and smiling. And same thing with Mance Warner. Like you can see he's enjoying his time now that he's like fully 100% back wrestling on the bunkhouse brawl wrestling for AEW. You can kind of see he's enjoying himself more too. So I'm, I'm glad to see everyone getting seems to be fully healthy, fully happy. I like seeing it all come together. There was a spot where justice grabbed a door and then he walked up into the crowd and he kind of props that door up against a rail. And then they threw Connors through the door. Yeah. It's an awesome little spot. I really downplayed how, how cool that was. Then we see Mance go up and he walked all the way up and he goes to do a high dive and then he throws a fan instead. So I'm <laughs> guessing that was, you know, somebody, one of the locals or the ring crew guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you just see a chair fucking fly in and hit him. Well, that was Charlie. And then uh, he basically uh, falls down, kind of walks off. He, he, he just kind of, he, he falls into the nether. I don't know. <laughs> him and then charlie gets up on the rail then she dives and does her thing all the way onto uh everyone below but um it took probably another two minutes after that and the match finally got back in the ring you go to the ring doors chairs everywhere like there was just there was shit everywhere in this match it was just fantastic to watch um there were two chairs in the ring at one point charlie gets put face first into one of the chairs then the chairs get set up again, and then Everett gets double choke slammed through the chairs. So everybody was taking punishment in a bunch of different directions. But I'll tell you, in this match, it was mostly SGC handing out the punishment to Charlie and Everett. Yeah, and that, that's why I was kind of assuming what happened in this match, because yeah. that kind of plays along too. even though SGC is not really the heels. Uh, and usually anyone they go against is usually be automatically becomes a heels because everyone loves GC SGC. But um. I I I was kind of thinking too. This would be like a more of a beatdown on Everett Connors and Charlie Evans to kind of get them to feel the crowd, hopefully to get behind them. But um, Charlie Evans, like she, she's crazy. Like I just her, the punishment she takes is like astounding to me. As we were talking about like the Billy Starks match, like the punishment that she took then, and um, I just I can't. When SGC's out of the ring, I was like, I prefer them just to stay out of the ring. Like, let's have a no ring match because <laughs> even though half the matches any outside the ring anyway, I just love seeing like Mance Warner just smiling and just tearing shit up. Like, this was such a fun match, a typical SGC match. Like I said last time, they have a formula. They know what they're okay. going to do every single match, and it could be the same thing, and pretty much is. But it is always so damn entertaining. And I think their facial reactions add a lot to it. Um, uh seeing how much fun that they're having, just causing chaos and disrupting. I wonder how Brett feels every time they see Mance Warner Justice, like, all right, going out to the ring, let's see what kind of chaos and destruction they cause around the venue. Hopefully they don't take another fan's uh, crutch and break it over them and stuff like that. Like, I always wondered how Brett feels about them 
Like how much, okay. how nervous he gets going into these matches. Just my opinion, because I'm trying to put however many facts I can get, like the fact that they're allowed to do that, the fact that they're out there, the fact that that's a big, uh, you know, he has to really trust them. Yeah, I would have to say, because honestly, you wouldn't want somebody to go out there who's a little too wild and he tends to kick someone and knocks over a fan or, you know, something crazy like that happens. So you have to have a lot of trust in your security and in your talent if they're going to do that. So. I would say if they're doing that on a constant basis, it's because they've earned his trust. Yeah, and I've seen like thinking, yeah. and I've seen Justice like, oh, like make sure if a fan does accidentally get hit. Oh, like yes. I've seen him like stop, like not stop the match, but take his attention away. I'm like, you okay? You okay? Party on, let's go. Like yeah, right away. Apologize yep. profusely. I've seen him do it quite a few times. The um this was just an entertaining match. It wasn't, there was a few high spots, but really we were just enjoying ourselves. There were elbows every flying chairs. Um, be it the outside the ring, inside the ring, there was just fuckery going on. The last spot that I have written here, I just wanted to mention, was there a spot? There was a spot where Everett uh, went up and he did a top rope Spanish fly with justice in his arms onto a table, onto the floor. And I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that because, wow. That, that's the Everett wow. I know. Like, that's where he could give him that time to put that spot together and do it. Like, that's the Everett I know where he, like, as we, before like he picks his he doesn't go in and just wrestle and brawl like he kind of picks his moments when to do his spots and as as you talk about like why i love everett and charlie like that's the reason why like everett when it's time he can show he could really go in the ring but we don't see that often we see morally mostly mm -hmm. charlie and they're getting her shit in which is fine like because charlie's if i actually think charlie's overall the better wrestler than everett i still think Everett kind of has a lot of growing to do but when he does his spots and when he does his uh shows off his charisma and shows off like how he can control the crowd even with this little hand shelves or with the let me knows where he has control of the crowd and that's where i like to see him pick his spots of when to get the crowd behind him and everyone's and um get the crowd momentum uh going for the rest of the match and i this was a fun sgc match. I, like i said i don't think i've seen a bad sgc match and I, I would like to see one of these two after if Something happens during this tag team match at uh, Art of War Games where they don't, if they don't win the tag match titles, I would like to see either Mance or Matt, uh, Matthew Justice kind of hop on and get some more singles run as a, a GCW world title. Because they've been, every week, they, they're they here, they're showing, they're over. I think that would be a good move uh, to see one of the, the, both of them in uh, the world title scene. Honestly, I thought that we would see more uh, Mance on a singles after the Ric Flair push. Yeah. Just, just thinking of that. So I was really expecting something like that to happen and it hasn't happened yet. And God bless it. I'm, I'm happy it hasn't. Cause this is, <laughs> this is a hell of a lot more fun to see this wrecking crew come yeah, out. For but, sure. I mean, this was, I mean, it was a good match. We're talking a little over 13 minutes and SGC came out the winner. They put it three. Beautiful. Yeah. SGC does end up uh, with the victory. Fun, entertaining match. Leads us into intermission, and we finally get something that we've been asking for during intermission. Even though it wasn't the whole intermission, but we do get a little uh, video package during the intermission, yes. which is obviously, for our eyes, a very pleasant sight to see. Yeah, it helps us kill a little time. It gives us a little hype. Maybe we uh, think about buying a little extra merch once we get a little, little bit of that video package. Oh, that's my guy. Hey, man. Yeah, keep giving us videos. Keep giving us whatever. Like I said, I, I think I made a... I made a big uh, case for any type of video or matches or anything over mission. 
instead of just the countdown. That countdown can stay in the bottom left or the bottom right corner mm-hmm. and, and give us the rest. Yeah, this um, was a cool, like they did, they showcased yeah. what happened at uh, Showboat. They recovered everything that happened at the prior event, which is as a fan, let's say I missed it. Or I couldn't afford the watch Homecoming Weekend Live. Maybe I just read about it. Now, hey, I'm at the money. I can watch Hope to Die. Oh, this is what I missed. Let me see, catch up and watch what I missed. And boom, right there. Nothing was taken away from the the viewers at home. In, in center stage, I don't know what happened there. Maybe they were still just intermission time, which is all right. Like in person, that intermission time is, I don't think it's too much of a big deal in person because, hey, that gives me time to go get another drink, go use the restroom without missing anything, go get some merch. Now that one of my wrestlers that wasn't there at the beginning because they had an early on match, now they're there at the merch table. This gives me time to go interact with them, buy stuff, and then get right back into my seat and watch the rest of the show. And for fans at home, hey, I saw the intermission after like, I think it was about like about a 10 minute intermission before they went into the video. But I come back, I see this video. Oh, maybe I missed it. Rewind it real fast. You're not that far behind on the show. You still interact with everybody on social media live as it happens. And now if you happen to miss the show, you're caught up on what you've missed in the prior show. Like this was everything we have asked for. And thank you for doing it, GCW. Cause yeah, uh, I, 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 I don't know the logistics, like maybe it is a little bit harder or maybe there is a reason why when, which I don't know about. I don't know if you know about, but like I'm in money, man, time yeah. and money. I'm sure having to go through a library, find something, think about it, talk about it, clip it, put it into a, yeah. And somebody has to be paid to do that or they're doing it on their own time. So and, it's time and money, man. And for I, sure. And if I remember correctly, this is a fan made one. I believe this is a Tony D Tony D joy. I could be totally mistaken. Yeah, it is. Okay, so I, I didn't even look at like I. Oh wait, wait, wait! Don't don't quote me, but I'm fairly sure it is. I saw a Tony D one this morning for sure. So I've seen um, a recent Tony D one, but th- that's kind of what I was okay, heading with that okay, point, yeah. where you could see, like how you said the time and all this stuff. Like the fans do it without GCW asking. Like th- there's a lot of these video makers out there that are doing this shit just for fun, just to kind of show us fans, like, hey, look at this cool shit you did, like. I don't, making art, exactly. making podcasts, mm-hmm. making fucking all kinds of shit just to, just for love. Yeah, and I don't think it would yeah. cost them a lot of money. Like maybe, hey, toss a couple bucks to this Tony D or yeah, it is a Tony D draw. Just it just popped up on my screen just now. But um, right there, probably doesn't cost them money. Hey, maybe kick Tony D a couple bucks, or maybe even this is enough for hey Tony D. Now like somebody just watched that, I think oh Tony you know D. Is. Let me yeah. go look him up on Twitter, and then you can see all the other awesome shit that they've done, and boom. Now that person has a fan, maybe a possible uh, customer if they if they make videos for other wrestlers and stuff like that. I just think it's a nice, cheap, easy way to appease a lot of people. No disagreement, bro. Okay. Done. <laughs> that, was, that was very nice seeing that. Like I said, I was like when I saw it, I was like, yes, that's what we got. Like I, I went to go walk the dog actually during this. At the beginning, I gave it five minutes. I'm like, okay, we're not getting nothing. I see the timer. Went to go walk my dog, and I came back, and I was like. At the end, I caught like the Tony D joint. I was like, wait, did I miss a video package? And I went back, watched it a couple minutes, fast forwarded through the entrances of the Hope to Die, and boom, I was right live, didn't miss any action, was able to interact on social media live as it happened, didn't feel like I missed out on I didn't have the FOMO, fear of missing out on anything. So yep. nice, easy fix, and I hope to see more of it. Match number six of GCW's Hope to Die is a six-way scramble with a bunch of local talent from the area. As we have Rico Gonzalez, Bobby Flacco, Brogan Finley, Hunter Drake, Sean Campbell, and one of my quick new uh, 
Atlanta favorites, Teriyaki. And this was a fun. I know I've said it many times before. I love seeing the young talent get the exposure on the GCW platform. They didn't get much time during this match. It was a 10-minute match, but they all six competitors definitely for their first time in GCW, except Hunter Drake. We've seen him at the Backyard Show. Uh, they absolutely killed it. This was a very entertaining match. I know online they got a lot of uh, rave reviews as being one of the top uh, scramble matches in GCW. I don't think it's the top one, but for in recent memory for this year, I think it's like top five, top six for the most uh, best scramble of the year. What was your thoughts going into this uh, match with all the new talent and how the match played out, John? Hey, so like you were saying, besides Hunter Drake, there was really just a lot of fresh talent. I had I had no expectations coming in. I was just hoping to be entertained. So I kind of wrote down a little bit about each person. So I'm going to kind of go over that real quick. When it comes to Bobby Flacco, I love the fact that he had that dirt bike entrance. And what kind of made it extra hilarious was the fact that there was steps for the entrance. So Bobby actually had to pick up his dirt bike and pick the fucking thing up, put it back down, start it back up and go. And then, of course, his entrance is very Undertaker like he does a drive. You know, he does like a ride around the ring and then he turns it off, gets off, goes to the ring. And then he ends up using that uh, dirt bike later in the match where everybody is kind of laying on the outside of the ring. They're kind of sitting and they're dazed. And he gets on that bike, he fires it up, and then he starts going around the ring and he sticks his left leg out. And as he's going by, he's hitting people in the face with the left leg. He ends up going through all five of them and, you know, everybody cheers. They thought it was a great time. I really like Bobby Flacco a lot. Sean Campbell was the next one I kind of wrote a little bit about. He came out with this old school barking gimmick. It's it's rarely seen. He's just he's whoa, whoa, almost like a bark. It's coming out of the side of his mouth. And I'm I'm sitting there. I'm racking my brain. I'm like, who in the hell is that? And, and we had a couple ideas. We were talking about that before. Yeah. And so I ended up looking and when I was watching the bark and how it was coming out the side of the mouth, uh, if anybody wants to try to check me on this, it looked like it was Bruiser Brody. So um, just a little note there for anybody who uh, likes a little history. The one other thing I wanted to mention about Sean Campbell was that he had an excellent cactus elbow to the floor. I don't want to go any further uh, outside of this without mentioning that with Sean because it was just an excellent spot. I'm a cactus fan. That was beautiful. Terry, Mr. Teriyaki, quick and creative. He would be an excellent regular scramble uh, competitor in GCW at any time. I love the Yaki chance. Uh, I, he's, it's a very easy name to chant. It's a very fun name to say. Yes. Uh, there was a spot where Yaki goes up to the stage and does an excellent moonsault off the top of the stage. Next, I would say Hunter Drake. I've said it before in a previous episode. Tremendous length. He seems very tough. He looks good when he bleeds. I like the country boy look. That's really not seen too often um, in GCW. But he also had a great dive over the cage onto the floor. So we've had two spots of the night so far, so far where that cage and that stage has been put into play, and I, I loved it. Next was Finley. He had a very uh, strong style. All of his strikes had impact. I really did like that. Uh, he's another one where I don't think we've seen everything that he's capable of, but I do know that with another five years on him, he's going to be an excellent competitor. All those strikes having impact really do look good. He's going to grow further into his body. He's still young. He still has that wiry. I don't want to say wiry, but he does have that younger wiry yeah. kind of look and the muscles and everything develop as he gets a little older. So I'm looking forward to seeing him more. 
And then lastly, Gonzalez, he was absolutely uh, just fantastic. He ended up um, he, he ended up getting in offense in small doses, but everything that he ended up doing was impressive. There was a spot where Gonzalez was involved, but it wasn't just him. But he runs up to the top rope, and then Drake runs up right beside him. He grabs Gonzalez, and then he does like this top rope Spanish fly onto the floor outside of the ring, and it was just fantastic. And that was one where it, it takes two to do that you know so well and it was just a beautiful move but overall after everything i said we were getting fight forever chants from the crowd and from gcw fans that's a rare chant mainly because that's one of those ones that we feel is generally used too much yep so over in gcw if they're putting something like that on it it's it's a real rarity and in this case i uh i don't know if i was in the fight forever category but i would say that this was more than i expected from such a you know a smaller group of people that i haven't heard of before so i was pleasantly surprised yeah and i think that's where all that uh online uh, that's where all the love came for that match is because as you said you came in kind of not no expectations you just kind of wanted to see a nice fun entertaining match and i was kind of the same way like only person i never i ever only heard of was hunter drake and I think in that 10 minutes, I think that maybe that's why I got so much praise because we had no idea what to expect, but they killed it. Like there was not, there was the, like the creative, I love that spot with Bobby Flacco just driving around the ring and just so for the uh, listeners <laughs> out there too, it wasn't like a full size dirt, dirt bike. It was one of those like mini dirt bikes that he was, uh, oh, that he was riding I on. To that. Yeah. So it was like a mini one. So it wasn't like a full on one. So it's pretty funny seeing this big guy on this little <laughs> dirt bike trying to, it kind of looked like Joey at backyard, uh, the backyard wrestling. He's like a big yes. guy on such a little bike, and he's just trying to move his little legs as fast as he can to get that little bike moving, but it won't move because he's so heavy for the bike. Um, I love seeing that. Like they each had their own different, like not styles, but like the like kind spotlight. of like, yeah, spotlight and like the gimmicks. Like it wasn't like oh, that this one looks like they could mesh with that one. Like they were each had their own differences, which I loved seeing because it didn't seem like oh, I'm seeing. The same moves, the same style, just from two different people doing the same stuff. But like they each had their own style, own gimmick, own stuff going on. And I loved seeing it. Like I said, Teriyaki became one of my uh ones I would definitely want to see going. He is super young, but the little the couple moves that he really got the spotlight on, like I want to see more of him because I think he's got that good look. Like he's got a uh, uh, unique look. That I think where if he gets that look and he kind of just focuses in on what his character wants to be. And if he could do that while he's still developing as a wrestler and his moveset, I think instead of like, because we know sometimes like, hey, I got this gimmick, but they're still bad at wrestling or they're really good at wrestling, but they don't know what kind of gimmick or character they want to put on. So it kind of takes a lot longer for the wrestler's true self and true like evolution of the, the what they want to present to everybody comes out. And I just think where Teriyaki looks so is so young, but he has the look. And if he gets the moves and character, I think if he puts both of them together, he's going to kind of shoot up. And I think that's what kind of makes Nick Wayne, in my opinion, like that's why I, I kind of compared him to Nick Wayne, where Nick Wayne's got the look, he's got the pedigree. He knows what he's doing. He knows he's a second generational wrestler that does high flying moves, but he could pick up the pace or slow it down whenever you need him to. I think he put it together, both of those in the ring and character wise at the same time. And I want to see Teriyaki do that as well. Um, but yeah, fun match, 10, nice 10 minute, fun, fun scramble. And I, like how I was talking about in the previous episode on hope or not hope that I sanctified where we had a lot of local talent in that scramble match, other than I think it was Jimmy Lloyd 
I just like that's a nice easy way where it's not going to take away from the show. Get a lot of talent, 10 minutes, show your shit and let the crowd decide if they want to see you back or not. And I think the GCW crowd definitely wants to see another uh six-way scramble between these uh participants next time they're in the Atlanta area. Area, sorry. And uh Rico Gonzalez does pick up the quick pin on Finley and I was as you were talking about that, I forgot I wanted to check up on Finley, so I did that while you're talking. I think Finley is related to the, the Finley's. Uh, oh, I no think, shit. I think he's one of their sons. Um, I'm looking on the Twitter page and I see like happy birthday, stuff like so that. While, so while you're looking that up, I was going to say uh, I have something off of my notes here that I just wrote down. If you look at it, Finley to me looks a lot like a young Drew McIntyre. Yep. No lie. No lie. And maybe it's that whole Irish, English, Scottish you know, maybe that's kind of the build and whatnot. And I can say that like 25% of my genetics is right. from there. Um, he does. If I was to look at what a young Drew McIntyre, if I could picture it, I would say it would look a lot like him. Yeah, he's Just got the charisma. That, the charisma, the long lead build. He had the hair. He has, you know, the size, uh, head and shape that Finley had. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, so I, I like I like learning about that because I I forgot I wanted to look it up beforewards, but I forgot. But I'm kind of glad I did because I didn't I didn't catch it on commentary if he was related to the Finleys or not. But he sure shit is, and I I want to see all of them back in the ring. Like wow, uh, I wow, I just love seeing the locals get that ten minutes, and they and I love it when they kill it. Like I've not seen lately like one of these local no names, not no names, but like to us the GCW crowd. If we haven't gone out and watched like the deep territories. I haven't t heard of any of these guys and to have them put on that match and have very few mess ups. If any, I remember the teriyaki had like one small one, but it's a small one. There's also young. I think they're going to grow and it's, I I'm just excited for wrestling in general, not just GCW, but just wrestling in general, seeing all this young talent, like wrestling's in such good hands. If they could keep their heads on straight and stay away from all the stuff that the wrestlers back in the day got in trouble with, like wrestling's got a lot of good talent and a lot of different, varieties and gimmicks out there i'm just super excited to see what the six competitors could hopefully do in a gcw ring given another opportunity going into the seventh match of the night we have jordan oliver going against anthony henry and uh i haven't seen too much of anthony henry other than what i've seen on AEW, which hasn't been too much but i know but i'd, I'd see him at a different company i forgot where it was and Obviously, he had more time to work than he was given at AEW, and I was very much looking forward to this match to see how. Uh, I don't think this is a step up for Jordan, but it's a bigger name, obviously, than kind of what he's been wrestling against lately. And I wanted to kind of see, make, hey, this is his time to showcase to the Anthony Henry who could possibly go back and give a good word on him and some of these other wrestlers he saw at this GW show, give a good word to the AEW uh, brass, and hopefully get some more. Uh, other than Blake Christian and Tony Deppin and Alex Zane, I want to see some more of these GCW quote-unquote regulars on AEW, Elevation, Dark, Rampage, whatever it is. I want to see them get the bigger spotlight, get the bigger matches with these bigger companies. But obviously, we obviously love seeing Jordan Oliver uh, wrestle in a GCW ring. What were your thoughts going into Um, Knowing Anthony Henry and knowing his stronger style, uh i know it really personally had to no i don't know i'm assuming that these the crowd chanting weak shit after henry you know chops oliver i think that messed with him just a little because 
throughout the match, he started to try his best to make sure that his some of his strikes were, were strong. He even tried to hush the crowd. So I'd have to say that just a little bit, that really kind of got to him, or at least it injured his character just for a couple minutes until he felt like he needed to get back on track. Yeah, I kind of wanted to make a point of that too. I wanted to wait till after you said the weak shit stuff because I think when I was watching this match, you could kind of see like when they start chanting weak shit, Anthony's like, what? Like, what is this crowd? I don't think he yes. under fully understood a GCW crowd. And so I think it kind of caught him off guard. But then you could kind of see as the match went on, he's like, oh, I like this. The fans are going to respond to anything and everything, positive or negative. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that hard to get these fans to either like me or root against me. Like, I just got to do my own thing and let them decide. And they will let me know if I belong in this ring with Jordan or belong in any GCW ring. And I, I love seeing the new brand new competitors that show up to GCW for the first time and seeing how they react to a crowd. And yes. obviously everyone says, as Will Ospreay said it too, is like, yeah, you, I heard of you GCW fans. I heard you guys were crazy, but holy fuck, you guys are something else tonight. Like when he had his match against Nick, uh, Nick Wayne. So I just love seeing other, these other names that are on these bigger companies kind of enjoying the different crowd that GCW provides. You know, shit, the GCW fans are a giving crowd. I'm not going to lie. And that's not the first or the last time we're going to hear that talent fucking loves working in front of GCW fans. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> we get a minute or two, maybe further uh, past the weak shit chance, and we start getting Jordan having strong shit chance. So the fans literally took Henry's character and flipped it on him, which he has to respond to. So unfortunately, there's a spot here. Actually, there's two spots here where Henry failed to pick up Oliver. We're talking two consecutive moves. Here come the weak shit chance again. So basically, Henry has lost control of his character. Any type of storytelling, at least for now, kind of got derailed and went out the window. Uh, Henry starts to answer with strong kicks to Oliver's back, then another, then another. They were fantastic. They sounded good. I do believe at one point then, this is where the crowd starts to realize, okay, this motherfucker does, you know, he handles out, he hands out the damage just a little. So the crowd comes back. Here we go with fuck him up, Henry, fuck him up, chance. Then here comes Henry feeding into it. The more kicks. Jordan answers with stiff slaps. Henry's kicking him again real hard. Lots of strong chops, strikes, kicks. With this stronger style, really, it, it is a thing where Jordan's going to overall, I mean, he's going to gain respect for taking such a beating. This was a really stiff match, and I fucking loved it, man. Yeah, and I think, uh, uh, I don't know, I can't remember if you made mention to it, like, the weak shit, like, I remember now it was the chops, like, the, what, Jordan's was obviously louder than Anthony's uh, at the beginning, and then, like, you just see Anthony, that's where he's like, okay, hold on, I did chop the shit out of him, it just might have not got the sound on it, and you see Jordan yes, kind of yeah. selling it, but it's like, oh, you guys just want the sound, you want to... You want to feel that impact. You want to hear it. Here you go. And then once he started giving it, giving the crowd what they wanted and laying that shit in, obviously that's how you said the crowd responded. And I think that was kind of my thinking of why the crowd at the beginning of this year or late last year was uh, not fully behind Jordan because he wasn't laying it in there. I always said, like, I think he just needs to actually just get a little bit more stiff. Or I know you want to protect your wrestlers. I know you want to protect your friends you're wrestling with. But I think you kind of holding back, the crowd is seeing it, where it's even that little noticeable yes. where the crowd can't get fully behind you with that stuff. And um, I think the first time I saw Jordan kind of flip that switch was at the Vegas show when he just dove on Gringo Loco and went all in on him and was like, 
nailing Gringo on the ground. And Gringo's just sitting there like, whoa, what is this? I think that was the night that like awoken the tiger in Jordan where, hey, like even Gringo's reaction is like, oh, you're actually hitting me. Like, I see it. This is what we want. Keep hitting me, Jordan. Keep letting it out. And that, as you said, because of Anthony Henry getting uh, finally kicking him and kicking Jordan, I think that's what got the crowd behind Anthony. And I loved seeing it because... And like I said, Anthony hasn't gotten too much time on uh, AEW where he wrestles, and I, I do want to see more of him. And I think uh-huh. that's why maybe this little bit longer match than he was normally used to kind of threw him off a little bit. And with a new crowd, a new venue, new wrestlers, I think as he eased into the match, he got more comfortable. He nailed it out of the park. And I do want to see Anthony Henry more in the GCW ring, even going against Jordan again, run that shit back, give him more time, let him really stiff each other out and really tell a story there. I think they could have a nice little program with these two uh, and their complimentary styles with each other. I'm not going to lie, man. 12 and a half minutes, the winner, Jordan Oliver with the clout cutter. Another clout cutter, man. Yep. Another stepping stone for Jordan. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like another, not as surprising as like a Biff Busick or Bandito, but this is another television name that Anthony Henry wrestles on AEW and Jordan got another victory over this. So I'm kind of seeing, I'm loving the Jordan push here. I want to see more of it because he's been there. He's been through the ups and downs of GCW. He's got kind of been on the same road that Blake's on right now where, hey, the crowd loves you. The crowd turns on you. The crowd loves you. The crowd turns on you. And Jordan's been through it all. He's been there not since day one, but he's been through the ups and downs. And I love seeing him getting the victory over these bigger names. And hopefully that will lead to something with some other companies while still letting him entertain us at the GCW ring. Going into the eighth matchup of the evening, Atlanta finally gets what they've probably been wanting all night. A death match with Alex Cologne and Hunter Freeman. And it wasn't really a full-on death match. It was more extreme match, but I could tell that, like, after the Jordan and Anthony Henry match, the crowd is kind of wanted. We want blood. We want to see more weapons. We want to see more extreme stuff. And I was pretty shocked they gave Hunter Freeman this match against Alex Cologne because we really only seen Hunter Freeman once or twice in a GCW ring. And to go against the former uh, GCW ultraviolet champion uh, in Alex Cologne, I thought that was a this was a nice big step up for Hunter Freeman and another uh, chance for Alex Cologne to show why he's the goat of. Uh, Deathmatch wrestling right now in my eyes in GCW. So I was interested in this match. I wanted to see how violent it would get. And it kind of got just as much of what I expected from it. <laughs> but Hunter Freeman nailed it. Like yes, any, any questions I had, he nailed it during this match. Yeah, so that's the thing with Hunter Freeman, great length and height. Uh, spoken about him before. The best news that I have about Hunter Freeman personally, I get to see him in seven days. So I'm excited. We're going to see him here at a local show in Vegas. I'm, I can't wait to meet him and tell him how fantastic I thought his last couple performances were. From Georgia, well-received with the fans. The next thing I'm going to mention, because it never gets old with somebody my age, is that Tupac music hits. Yeah. Cologne comes out, man, and he looks great. He's got that beautiful TNT Extreme Division belt on. And he's got a bundle of tubes in his hands. I mean, it's so cologne that if I would take a picture, having a fucking belt or two wrapped around him and a bundle full of tubes totally encompasses cologne. You're just missing the blood pouring out of his head and his back and the white Bulls jersey all red. Yes, I love that's I, I, that's how I always picture Alex Cologne. Holding a belt, holding light tubes, bleeding all over his nice jerseys that he spends probably lots of money on. 
wasting all those jerseys. Um, I did not catch that Hunter Freeman from Georgia part, so that explains why they gave Hunter this chance in his hometown. So that was a good tidbit yeah. that I did not catch during the live feed. Oh, there was a hilarious part. They uh, Towards the beginning of this match here, Hunter gets thrown back first through a barbed wire door in the corner, and then he kind of steps out and gets popped with a light tube right in the head, in his forehead. This is where the blood starts, right in the first minute or two of the match. I could literally hear someone from the stage yell out to him, welcome to GCW. I thought that was so cool that someone did that. But, yeah, then... But, Did you hear that or no? No, I was just about to say, I guess I got to turn my sound up higher or something because I missed a lot of these uh, fan interactions and stuff on commentary that obviously would have been very helpful going into this podcast. So next time I'll turn the sound up higher. No, 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 no. no. Here's the trick, basically. I have a pair of wireless headphones and what I do, especially since it's at night, I hook those up to the Bluetooth on my TV. So it helps for taking notes because then I can hear every little sound yeah. uh, and still be able to do it at night. So it kind of gives me the whole effect of the show. I can hear the crowd the whole time and it's a lot easier for me to take notes because my hearing in my left ear sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's a long story, but I got injured one time and freaking my left ear is like 25% down. So sometimes I feel like there's maybe mumbling and really it's just, I didn't hear it. So, but you catch, uh, you catch more stuff than I do. So that 25% is better than my hearing. Hey, no shit, man. The headphones do really make a big difference. Even just watch them on your computer. Just watch a show on your computer with the headphones on. There is so much you catch. It's wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, they ball into the crowd all the way to the top. And you can see the whole time Cologne's just carving up Hunter, Hunter's head. Yeah. Uh, there was a point where, so they fought all the way through, they came back down through the crowd, and you can see where they're kind of walking along the side, they're getting ready to come down. Hunter has a hold of Cologne, and he's kind of got him almost in a, a front headlock. And then you see Cologne do a sliced bread off the wall, which is something I really didn't expect out of a 40-some-year-old man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then Hunter has a spot where he runs on the stage and does this huge dive uh, over the cage. Uh, down to the floor and it was just i mean it really was impressive and a hundred percent both these guys put a shit ton into this match hunter took like 75 percent of the damage and it was really mostly bundles there wasn't really a lot of single light tubes used they really went balls out i mean four at a time six at a time all bundled up man yeah and i think this was kind of hunter freeman's like hey this is your make it or break it shine or don't shine or as we've said swim sink or swim moment where you're going in there in a death match against one of the best in the world like you're going to get 75 percent of the or you're not going to get 75 percent of the office alex cologne is and he's going to make you earn if you want to stay if this is what you want because i think alex cologne takes such pride in what he does in death match wrestling where i don't think he ever just goes out there and half-asses it there's always a ultimate purpose with it all and i just love seeing him not challenge hunter freeman but hey this is it this is we're going to take your step to the next level and just keep on go doing what i'm doing i'm going to make you earn it i'm going to make you pay for it you're going to bleed but you show the crowd as we've talked about like billy starks and charlie evans like you take that ass whooping next time guess what they're going to be cheering they're going to be cheering for you hunter freeman because they want the comeuppance now and you took all the beating the night before you're going to get all the cheers to hopefully uh, give a little receipt for what happened the night before. And I just think the fans are going to build on that, especially if they go when next time they go to LA coming up here in September, I'm kind of hoping Hunter Freeman gets another death match. And I want to kind of go back to their first match against, uh, Rob shit 
and seeing how the crowd reacted during that match. I want to see how he does in the second match in LA and hopefully against a death match um, with his LA crowd. So I just think <laughs> Rob shit, Dude, man. I'm sorry. Just the name Rob shit messes you up. <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking, I'm like six years old. I hear Rob shit. I still can't fucking stop laughing. I still, Plus, I still think of doctor dude. shit. <laughs> dude. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With uh, Dr. Redacted yep. at the VXS show. Yep. I just think every time I see <laughs> Rob shit now, I always think of doctor shit, doctor shit. <laughs> And he has so much fucking charisma that, I mean, I smile thinking about him because he was so nice. Even selling a shirt to someone, he had such a, a way of doing it. You can tell that he has that rock star in him, too. Just about you know? to say that. he felt it, That yeah. night that we kind of talked to him at the other show in Vegas, like, he felt like an old school rock. rock not, a, not one of those, um, what were they called? Not a roadie. Not like uh, just out there slinging merch and doing stuff and helping out the, like he had that old school, like, Hey, I just got done showing it. You guys want to do some more rock shit. Here you go. Like, yep. I, I love Rob shit's living his gimmick and I love it. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, so back to this real quick, I will say if there's anything I can say by the end of this match was that hundred percent Hunter is a great death matcher and I hope he continues a hundred percent. We haven't also seen everything he's capable of yet. I'd like to see him stretched by uh Tremont. Ooh, yeah. I know that, I know that Cologne could do a hundred percent more with him. And this was only nine minutes, but I mean, this went from the stage to the crowd to all the way to the top, all the way through the side. I mean, they, they covered a lot of real estate in this thing, but this was another atypical banger before the main event. I can't complain. I never will. The last three shows that we've had from GCW haven't had those sleeper matches, those, those, those basic wrestling matches that most people would find boring over here. There really have been these, again, I'll say it's an atypical banger match. It's just, I will never complain. I love it a hundred percent that they did that. So who is our winner, sir? Alex Cologne with yes. top rope Spanish fly with Hunter Freeman for the victory. Um, as we were kind of talking about that, I was getting kind of feelings. Like I kind of want to say not they're not the same, but Hunter Freeman kind of reminds me of Cole Radrick, where he's willing to just do whatever he can to stay on the GCW like radar. Like he's like, Hey, I got my moment. I don't want it to lose it. I want to be out here. I want to show what I got. I want to prove myself. Yep. And I just, you see like that. I see like the dog in him, like the never ending. I'm never going to give up. You're going to have to kill me if you want me out of this ring. And the match with Rob shit was the start of it. This was, uh, as I thought, this was an excellent match. But if yeah, he goes against like Tremont and AC, I think that will be like the big test of, hey, you get, could get as an LA wrestler, if you could get that crowd behind you in a death match against one of their legends and Matt Tremont, then you are set for life. And I, I would like to see Hunter Freeman maybe get that next. That would be hopefully his next match. I would like to see an AC or still want to see him do something here in LA coming up as another little prelude before Matt Trima or a bigger deathmatch name, maybe a John Wayne Murdoch even. But I mm -hmm. think like Connor Freeman has like that Cole Radrick, like, hey, like, no, you're going to have to kill me here. This is my spot. I earned this. You're not taking away from me. I'm going out on my shield. And I loved and he definitely went out of shield in this match as he got just destroyed for most of the match. But the moments he did get to shine with that top rope dive, um and just sit there selling the beating that Alex Cologne gave him. I think Hunter again once uh Hunter Freeman again raised his stock in the GCW uh crowd. So being 
a fan of the Southern deathmatch style and some of these Southern gritty shows, I'm going to have to go back honestly and look at the history of Hunter Freeman, see how long he's been around. I, I honestly and embarrassingly probably should have done this before we started the recording, but I don't have an answer on that. Secondly, I just wanted to mention this because this was the best time to mention it. There was a lot of glass in the ring and I always see the cleanup. I know things are expensive and I know it's really tight and difficult to always um, carry a lot of things, but a hundred percent, even if every fan throws in a dollar, we could get a shop vac, like an actual vacuum. And then that would not only help improve the situation in the ring with all the glass, that would also help to where they don't have to clean up the glass twice. It would probably be a little safer with a lot less effort. You could probably have one person out there in less than a minute or two. They could probably have most of that cleaned up, swept up, and then all they'd have to do is dump it in a, in a trash can. So I know, I know it is about budget, and I know also that you know it's hard. You have to try to travel lean. Who wants to carry a fucking five to ten gallon bucket around? That was going to be but, my thing. They, they, that's yeah. probably the only reason why they don't. Then I started thinking of, I remember, oh, I was like young, but like at like my church, we had like those small little handheld, like just the handheld vacuums that like didn't, wasn't electric. It was all just automated. Yes. And it just yes. sucked it all up. But they had like some sort of foldable, foldable version of that. That would be another efficient way. But like you said, they usually kind of do those, the cleanup spots usually or typically sometimes during intermissions and stuff like that. If they have that intermission built in. Um, but I, I've seen like, especially Mike Bailey, he's barefoot. Like he, he comes out sometimes after these death matches, he's like, what the hell? Like I'm out here. Like you guys didn't sweep yeah. the ring, get it back in here. Like, Hey, while the next, while the next wrestler's coming out, I see him kind of motioning to the ref or MLJ, like, Hey, clean up this spot, get this spot. Like, I think it's just like courtesy, but it's also expected from a GCW, um, yeah. events yeah. just in general. But I like you said. I wish they if they could find a nice, cheap, easy way to kind of make it. A wet dry vac would cover spill. That, too. Yeah, that too. I I, I just think uh, obviously money situation is a lot on GCW and every all the stuff that we always want to say and stuff like that. I think I think that'd be well, a great, yeah, easy, sounds cheap great investment. As a fan, it's funny. Like we talk about this now. Like they talked about it on the GCW podcast of why didn't you bring a bell? Why didn't you bring a bell? Why would you use YouTube for a bell? I think it was this show even maybe maybe it was a. It was the other night show where they made. Oh no, it was the other night show where they used the fake bell. But like seeing today, like Brett Lauderdale's like holding the ring bell like over the trash can. Ah, I just decided we don't need this today, so I'm gonna throw this away. Like I like how he kind of like still has fun with us fans, and he knows what he's doing. He hears us, uh, not us specifically, but he hears the fans. He hears the fans. Yeah. But he just like, hey, is it worth it? We're on the my priority list. Is it worth it? Oh, it's down low. Here, let me let the fans know that I do hear you, but it's not that important to me or GCW where we're just going to kind of make fun of it, make fun of you for making a bigger deal about certain shit that is not a certain big deal like the ring or the ring bell and stuff like that. So, so something like that, here's my key indicator that I never heard anyone say, but also I haven't had a chance to really, really even tell you, but I was... I was considering the fact that someone who's a real fan would have known that's not a fake bell. And here's why the last couple shows, sometimes there has, uh, we've had to have Emil come from yeah. the, you know, come from announcing and then get out of the ring and run over and hit the bell. And honestly, it never sounded the same twice because sometimes he'd only hit it once. Yep. So they must've had multiple recordings of fucked up ring bells or we had a ring bell and every now and then, you know, so I know that somebody that would have said that obviously hasn't watched the last 
five to ten shows because the last five to ten shows we've had Emil sometimes in charge and sometimes he ding dings it sometimes it's light sometimes it's one sometimes it's late so you I, know and there's not a lot of room for play on a recording with that many you know it's unique when we do it yeah when they when he was talking about it on the podcast I, like a quick little thing that came on my mind was like why not like as a incentive for possible gcw listeners and watchers and everything else um on the patreon give like the game changer the highest tier like if you're in mm-hmm. that area hey like hey we're in your area who wants to be like the ring bell person tonight and you know they don't have to get camera time and they don't have to put up a graphic of their name or anything but i think as a like for me i'd be kind of interested just to sit by kg and the announce team and listen to the see what's going on as a fan from their perspective and like, hey, I get to ring the bell and they're right there. So they, they can slap me in my arm when I'm like, just like have my hands on my head, like of a crazy finish to a match. And I forget to ring the bell. They can slap me real fast and boom, boom, boom. I can ring. I think it'd be a cool little incentive for uh, the Patreon. It would be um, you had someone there to ring the bell at all times. And it's one less thing you have to worry about, but you still got to worry about, OK, who's the Patreon? Are they going to show up? Are they going to be on time? They're going to run to the bathroom like I get that stuff. But I just thought it'd be kind of cool as for another little maybe thing for us Patreons to get with our membership through the Patreon. So here would be a fun one just for the heck of it. What if we had a kid do it or a set, you know, like every one kid per per match? Yeah. Something you know, like that. guess what? You know, someone comes over. Hey, I'd like to have my kid be the ring kid or whatever. And bing, bing. And, you know, and then maybe if there's a lot of kids, then somebody does the entrance for match three. And then when the match is over, someone does the ding, ding at the end of the match. And, um, yeah, that would be fun as hell to have these little perks. Yeah, Absolutely. I, man. I think I would like, I mean, I obviously love enjoying the show no matter what, but Hey, for like one time, just to try it out as like a perk, like, Hey, I'll sit back here and watch watch you guys on commentary and feed off of you guys enjoying the show. And I get to hear the, like, I'm kind of like getting the best of both worlds. I'm in the venue. I feel the energy, but I'm also yeah. right here next to KG. Like I'm watching on TV where I can still hear the commentary and, Oh, I get to ring the bell. Now I feel part of the show even more. I think it'd be a great experience for uh, like the highest tier uh, game changers and game changer wrestling Patreon. I think there'd be a cool little thing, but I digress. And we're going into our main event of the evening. And our main event of the evening of GCW's Hope to Die is a six-person tag match as Team Bussy of Alley Catch and Effie once again. Didn't they call them Team Thrussy during this one, if I remember? I was just getting ready to say I'm almost 100% that's what they said. I think in my head it went Bussy plus Sheik. Yes, (laughs) so they added Dark Sheik to Team Bussy to make Team Thrussy. And they went against the team of Los Macisos and Jimmy Lord. Uh, once again, anytime I see Macisos, I'm excited. So I know I I don't want to beat a dead horse no more, but... We've kind of seen the Jimmy or the Macisos versus Bussy. We've kind of seen Jimmy Lloyd team with Los Macisos against Bussy and SGC and stuff. But I think adding Dark Sheik as as much of a role she's been on lately, I was kind of excited. Like, hey, that was your main event with Team Bussy, the former GCW Tag Title Champions, also in the ring against Jimmy Lloyd and Los Macisos, former Tag Champions. I thought, and I loved it because it it just showed like, hey. She killed it. She's killing it. She keeps on killing it. She's doing better. And hey, let's reward you. Let's throw you in. Not throw you in, but there's a reason for it. I think she I think she fit right in with Team Bussy too. Like I wouldn't mind huh? to see kind of them do a SGC, but Team Bussy style version with adding Dark Sheik and possibly um 
uh, what was her tag partner? Anton Voorhees and stuff like that. I think it would be kind of cool to expand Team Bussy as a little stable, while also still being attached to SGC as well. But I love seeing this as Dark Sheik's offered main event opportunity here. She's definitely earned it. She's like, I've, I've never seen the best like four or five matches other than what I've seen from her now, where she's just constantly improving. I think she enjoyed herself. And we kind of talked about this earlier in this podcast where you're enjoying yourself. You can absolutely see it in the wrestlers. And I loved how she was with team Bussy, where she was enjoying every single second of it, even though I think on camera kind of came off as a, like a third wheel. I don't think it was, I didn't have that thought. By the end of the match, I was like, she was a key component of Team Thrusty, and she could definitely be with them on a more regular basis. So one of the things I was watching when Dark Sheik came out with the other two was that Sheik needs to make a decision because it looks like they're going to be keeping her with them for quite a while. Sheik either needs to learn how to pep it up like a face, like Bussy comes out like. You know, because, I mean, Allie's all over the place. Effie's sucking in the love. Dark Sheik comes out and kind of does the thing that, that goes with, with Dark Sheik's does, music. Yeah. yeah, so I think the first choice would be to possibly come out and pep it up like a face. Or, number two, which I think is, is definitely in Dark Sheik's name, would be to become darker and almost be the dark side of Thrussy. So where almost these guys are coming out like crazy, and then here comes this dark-ass Sheik coming out. And, you know, if anybody's going to put the hurting them on him, you know, hurting on him in that group, it's going to be Sheik. So I, I just no, thought I that would be kind of, it, it's just kind of a cool thing to think about. Uh, before this match even started, I was laughing my ass off. I heard El Maldito Chico <laughs> Diferente, Jimmy Lloyd. I lost my shit laughing. KG was laughing. Everybody was having a good time with that one. Emma worked on it so hard. Yeah. And you can tell it sounded so good, man. Yes, you could tell he um, put it in the work to kind of, even just for those Los Macisos, like, hey, they're important to us. Let's. Let's make him feel important. Let's give him some authenticity. And he went out, like I just said, we were talking about Makito learning English just for singing a two-minute song. We're now seeing uh, uh, MLJ sitting there learning Spanish. And he he nailed it, I think, too. Like I was actually kind of surprised. Like I was like, oh, he's, he's trying to get fancy. He's going to totally botch this. But he actually killed it. So I loved seeing that. Yeah, th I mean, this match is kicking off. We have Ali Chance. I was really expecting, okay, so there was Lucha Libre Chance and there were Effie Chance. I, I love the whole thing. One thing that I was really expecting more that did not happen was just a little more uh, on Effie's side, more Effie Chance, because Atlanta is really Effie's home territory. So I, it was really surprising to me that it wasn't really mentioned on commentary. It wasn't really played up in any fashion during the match. But boy, oh boy, if we could have had some serious fandom, that would have been a good place to have it. Would have been right in the home territory. Uh, let's see. It took seven minutes to uh, to get to the outside, but it turned into a brawl and into the crowd and boom, split screen. Just amazing amazing match there was a spot where miedo had jumped off of the stage and when he went to jump over the cage portion he literally does a flip yep. in midair like a corkscrew kind of flip too and um my notes are so much they're so they're over the place all over the place because it was just high spot high spot this was 17 minutes 16 and a half but almost 17 minutes of action in this match and I had to pause it. This match 
uh, note wise probably took me close to 35 minutes to get through to make the notes because i was like pause you know yep. type, 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 pause okay that was just two things i just saw i have to go back and see did he just do a corkscrew or did he do this and then yeah this one had so much shit going on well six people but so much shit going on that i mean yeah this match took me 30 plus minutes just to do the write-up on yeah um going back to uh, uh Miedo, like that's why I love these guys. That's why I'm so glad they're back. Like, they they kill it during death matches, but they're so good at actually at actual wrestling. Where Miedo pulled that jump off the fence onto Team Thrusty, landed on his feet, and went right into celebrating because that's how talented he is, and that's how talented Los Macisos is. And I know I beat the dead horse, but this is just that's one of the many reasons why I love them. And I think going back to your FP, I think why they didn't. Maybe my opinion, maybe why they didn't go talk about it too much, because when they had the first show at Center Stage, they made a way bigger deal about it. But Effie wasn't on the main event, which kind of I'm glad he got the main event here. I wish they would have got he would have gotten all that love that he got for the Atlanta crowd and talking about his roots in Atlanta and how he lives like, what, five minutes, he said, from from the venue. I would love to see them do all that stuff with the Effie in this main event where I think they did miss out. But I think they didn't want to repeat themselves like I always effing do. I think they wanted to like, hey, we already mentioned that last show. We don't need to make it a big deal about it again, even though I think this would have been the perfect time to since it's Effie in the main event. Um, I have a chance sometimes to listen to Weekend at Effie's when it's on. And that's really interesting for, for people who don't know, because we don't have any money going anywhere but for people who don't know Effie does have a patreon now and he also has weekended Effie's that's on uh, i think mainly on spotify but uh he really does talk in depth about a lot of these matches that we talk about and he does uh, kind of give you a lot of insight into yep. what he's thinking and how he works and if anybody some some people might not know but when it comes to talent relations it seems like effie's mostly in control of talent relations so it is really cool to hear towards the top of the food chain in the talent area what they're thinking about the atlanta show what they were thinking about the atlanta crowd so um i just wanted to also kind of put that in there for people who are fans or, or newer fans that if you are an Effie fan, that's kind of a cool thing to go check out because it's really entertaining. Yeah, and he said a lot of interesting points on the George South match and the pre what happened before that match. He went yeah. in like that. I didn't listen to it. I saw clips here and there, but that I, that made me go bookmark it where I'm going to go listen to the full episode because mm -hmm. that's the kind of shit I love hearing about wrestlers. Like I, yes, we can see what happens on the screen and stuff. I love hearing about like. How did that? How did you go about getting George South? What was your feelings on George South having to wrestle against you? What was your thoughts on him kind of doing what he did before the match of healing it up, but more of an old school way? Like Effie dives into those details, and I, that's what made me actually go out of my way to never listen to it yet. But bookmark it when I got some free time here. I'm going to go listen to it and just get catch up on way more details about the show because that's all I really saw on this last episode of his podcast was a couple clips on him talking about George South and all that stuff. And I just found that so informative and entertaining because Effie, how can it not be entertaining? I thought that was like awesome. Like his podcast, he does that stuff on a regular basis. So if you want to hear the ins and outs of Effie and how, as you said, how they get the talent, how he trying to keep the talent all on the same page and how he feels about working with some of these controversial figures. Like Effie does not hold back. He is, he is Effie 100% of the time on screen or off screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
So the George South situation, because I'll touch on this just for a second. Effie actually said that he had a great conversation with George before the show. However, none of the conversation was about the match. He said just he must have preferred, but they went out there cold and just did it. So I really do respect that, too, because Effie said it's not often or hardly at all that he has to just go out there cold with no plans. At least they know the ending or they know this. He said they just went out there and frickin and did it. Um, everyone, everyone kind of collected together, uh, towards the top. Sorry, I'm going to get back into this because otherwise oh, yeah. I will get up. So uh, we're, we're going back to the, the thrusty match here. So <laughs> everybody kind of collects in an area up towards the top of the arena and you can actually see dark chic get up on top of a rail and then dives off onto everyone. It, it was a great move and I can't talk about how cool it was i just can't put it into words but it was a great move you get a chance check it out one thing that i found funny was that somehow chic was the purse the first person back into the ring after that um there was a point also that i wanted to mention where Mieto was swinging chic and this spot generally has uh ciclope he does a drop kick yep. and normally that drop kick as the person swinging he hits him in the head with that drop kick and i guess Mieto was swinging him so fast i'm sorry swinging her swinging chic so fast that it ended up turning into a senton instead so completely missed his head and then just fell directly yeah. on there yeah, his face, no. his face when he landed on her too, he's like, oh, oh I yeah. missed it. But hey, we played it off. That was pretty cool. But I did miss it. But you guys don't notice it because it looked like I just went for the senton. And I, I loved his reaction. I replayed it off because like I his spot, his face was just like, oh, did that really just happen? Oh, I saved myself. Good. I don't have to face the embarrassment of missing this move. And don't kill me. I may have flipped the pro down here or there because I was flipping between he, she. Please, please, nobody kill me over that. But it was incredible. More GCW chants were popping out. Tons of uh, double team light, uh, like light tubes were flying everywhere. Uh, wow. She climbs up to the top again after, after all of this, the diving and everything else. So we're towards the end of the match here. We started getting please don't die chance because this was the second time yep. that she had went up. And then here we go with she getting superplexed onto chairs and doors and it it looked nasty it looked rough and then i remember that you just see probably two refs and maybe someone else kind of go in there real quick and check on her and make sure she's all right and i'm 100 percent sure i saw one of the refs there give the x and i i'm guessing maybe that was just a uh a preeminent X. I don't know if maybe that was just something they assumed because i didn't hear anything on twitter afterwards where there was a, a major cheek injury yeah, and I I was shocked that they went back up there because like after she dove off the first time, okay, that's the last time we're gonna see this spot in this arena. They're gonna go back in the match, finish out and play it out. But then once they started fighting towards her again, I'm like, who else is gonna go off now? Like Sheikar's already done it. She's not gonna do it again. Like, oh, okay, Miedo or Ciclope is probably like, I wanna try this shit. I wanna make I wanna do some fun stuff. And seeing Sheik take the damage again off of that was shocking to me and as you said i think she missed the table or the door whatever it is and the chairs she hit that like with her legs like sheer back took total yeah. all Got on the to. ground and um i don't remember the x part but i i could see it kind of being a way of um oh yeah they did do it now i'm now i'm seeing it they did do an x i could see that being as you said preemptive of hey this is the way to get kind of get these these wrestlers out of the way for the finish uh -huh. where it doesn't uh -huh. kind of look bad on them. Like, Hey, it's not like they cost them the match. They just couldn't finish the match. So it turned into a more normal 
uh, tag match with Ciclope and Jimmy Lloyd going against Effie and Bussy to finish off the end of the match. So I think the same way as you, since we didn't hear nothing on TV and how I kind of looked at it when I first saw it, I was like, I think that I was preemptive of like, this is their way to get those people out of the match and let's just finish it right here with these four competitors. I want to also apologize to Jimmy Lloyd because he was definitely in this match. There wasn't a lot of high spots with Jimmy Lloyd, but Jimmy Lloyd is essential in all of these matches. So I just wanted to say Jimmy Lloyd, Jimmy Lloyd, Jimmy Lloyd, yes. one more. Just to make sure we include him, man, because for 16 and a half minutes, everyone put in work here. And I wanted to make sure we mentioned everyone in this match. It's just there wasn't a lot of high spots. So in my notes here, I didn't have too many. There was even a spot where uh, Miedo hits this incredible 450 on Effie. And if anybody has a chance, same thing. Go back and watch this match. It was just just an incredible match. Our winner, Thrussy. <laughs> Effie ends up hitting a sack rider on Jimmy Lloyd. And that, well, I didn't want that to be the only Jimmy Lloyd mention. So that's another yeah. reason. Why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was an entertaining match. And uh, I think it was a satisfying finish for the night um it went all over the place brawling was everywhere it had our our one of our main faces besides gage effie yep so you know everybody was happy i'm happy that since the belt is gone from bussy we're still seeing them as a functional tag team i didn't know i'd miss them so uh, I, don't know. I just didn't know i'd miss them and i'm so damn happy that as a tag team they can still keep them together yeah, and I'm glad they got inserted into this whole Art of War Games match because they both could... I expect it to get, to get crazy. Anything with Justice and Heights and Cages and Vance Warner with uh, the doors, the barbed wire, which I'm going to assume is going to be in there. If it's any close to any fuckery as it was last year, like I want to see Effie in it because I think Effie's like, hey, um, this is it. I'm going to go in. And then I'll, the same thing with Alley Catch. She, I think she's going to do something crazy like... Uh, last year they threw someone off the scaffolding. I I'm kind of having a feeling where Justice and Mance Warner are gonna do like some sort of superplex off the top of the cage scaffolding through a bunch Ooh. of light tubes or doors or barbed wire onto Alley Catch. I think Alley Catch is gonna have one of these Mick Foley uh, mankind getting thrown off the cage moments where I think it's gonna be a memorable like holy shit! I remember where I was when I saw Alley Catch got thrown off, and I I just think that's my opinion. I just think I something building up here where Alley Catch is gonna come out. Being the talking point, kind of like how during this match was Dark Sheik was really the talking point on Twitter. When you go back and watch yeah. everything on this match was, holy shit, Dark Sheik did this. And then she did this on top of it, which was even more destructive than the first time she jumped off the, the uh, I, I, I'm missing the name, the railing and stuff like that. Where I think yeah. this is going to be Ali Catch's moment to have something crazy. Well, one of the things I was looking forward to was going to be the bussy, well, thrussy. See, I don't know how this is going to go with uh, Art of War, but it was just nice to hear Effie finally speak up for the team and go, look, we want those belts back. And he ends up talking about it a little bit and just saying, look, we we never really got our rematch and we did, you know, we deserve to at least get that and prove to ourselves you know, what, that we are really supposed to be the champions here. So then after that was kind of said, we had a face-to-face -face with Miedo and Effie, and then all of a sudden we hear SGC, boom, they come to the ring, Mance goes face-to-face -face with Effie, Justice starts arguing with Allie at the same time. Now they're starting to argue over the belts. <laughs> so all this is going on in the ring, and then boom, all of a sudden you see Alex Cologne slide in, and they just all start fighting. It's like a, it's like a big brawl. And what I wanted to say in this spot was for those of us who remember the old style WCW wrestling, 
they used to end their shows sometimes with these big brawls and it used to be so exciting that they would cut the camera at the end of the night and there was just so much excitement going on and i always thought it was a great way to end the night of wrestling was that there's still so much going on and it's you know it's 10 11 o'clock at night and you're just still so amped um it makes you want to check in to the next show yeah, and I did I did want to say that I 100% can tell you they must have put effort into having this old style old school brawl at the end of the broadcast. And I really appreciated it because anybody who really used to watch all this stuff knows that. Yeah, and I think so. it was a perfect venue to do it to is Oh yeah. I think that's where I loved it all where it's like, "Hey, we have this classic venue, let's give them a little something classic to during the night, it could have been at any time beginning, which we saw at the beginning, old school, uh, kind of uh, uh, the video package and stuff like that. Like, I think they're doing some more of these old school little things because that's what the fans want to see. And if they go to these historical places like this has a big issue with WCW, I thought that was a cool way to end it as a little little like nod and wink to old school wrestling yes. fans. We're like, hey, yeah. we, we got you. If you're watching us, you're watching this place. We kind of know what you probably like. So. You'll probably like this ending, but we'll see how much the normal fan or the more casual fan will understand what we just kind of did. But it doesn't take away anything from them because they just see, oh, shit, they're fighting. I want to see what happens at our war games where us, the educated, more educated fans, as we kind of like to think or call ourselves or whatever, like they would get the little wrinkle there at the end where that's why they probably did it is what I think. But I'm I'm excited. for. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree, brother. I... I this think, is just. Uh, I think go ahead, going out, as you said, I know, right? As you said, like as, as they all the competitors come out, Pussy's like, "This is my our belt," and she sees like, "No, we're the champions." But Cecil's like, "Hey, we had it too for a couple of weeks." Like, I like how everybody has a stake and a good claim to make to be in this match to get another shot at these tag tag titles. I think the only team that's in there that probably maybe doesn't deserve it is. Maybe Alex Colon and John Wayne Murdoch, but how are you going to have a deathmatch out of war games and not have two of the top deathmatch wrestlers uh-huh. involved in this match? And they've teamed before in the past. And I thought that was a kind of smart, creative way to enter them into the match where we could kind of guarantee it's going to get nuts and crazy. And I am super excited for it. I cannot wait to watch it. That was one of my favorite events last year to watch. This whole weekend obviously is with all the wrestling going on from every company. But last year, I remember this was one of those weekends that stood out in my mind because GCW killed it. AEW killed it. Like I just remember that whole weekend and seeing Moxley and surprising and coming out and being the the minion that came in and attacked Cardona and seeing the crowd pop there. And that place holds a lot of people too. That's like one of the bigger crowds I've seen at um, a non-Atlantic showboat city, uh, Atlantic City showboat venue mm-hmm. for the Hoffman mm-hmm. Estates. They killed it. And I, I'm excited and we we. Or even four cup stuff or three cup stuff or two cup stuff. Every cup stuff that they had uh, on these weekends have been incredible. And unfortunately, like that's where the uh, big injury happened to another former GCW wrestler. Last year, they had a crazy, the, that ladder match was insane. Uh, the, the, I forgot what they called that. So Paps Blue Ribbon, uh, Brass Ring Ladder Match, whatever they wanted to call it. Like that was probably with the most, I went back and watched that match like three or four different times because the crazy spots that happen in the ladders and the ninja Mac, like that's a, that ninja Mac spot where he's on the top row or top of that huge ass ladder and does the sunset flip and catches Dante Leon and slams him to the ground from that height was not like you, whatever you want to see, you're going to see it this weekend. Just turn on GCW. You're going to see crazy ladder match spots. You're going to see creative. Like last year, uh, around that same time, the 
the milk crate challenge was hot. They incorporated that into the ladder. Oh match. my gosh, Shane I forgot Mercer, about that. Shane Mercer tossing um uh I think his name was I forgot not Jake something, but I think first name is Jake. His last name is not something. That's a different wrestler. But I think he like tossed Chris? that. Jake Chris? No, um kind of look like a little mini Michael Elgin. I was I was calling him that he looks like a short version of my, Michael Elgin. But I, they just you're gonna see some crazy shit at Art of War games. This this is gonna be an incredible show, and I am excited beyond all belief because like there's some like probably like just like regular or more bigger name wrestling. There's like four events I look forward to every year. I look forward to for GCW, the tournaments of survival, Nick Age Invitational. Look forward to Homecoming and look forward to Art of War games because there's those four shows never disappoint. And it's not like I said, just this show, four cup stuff is gonna be incredible, I think. Uh Joey Janella announced that competitors in that match and he said he's going to do some crazy you like i'm you want to talk about indie wrestlers ladder matches i'm the king of it just wait till we have in store for you here and it's all gcw names that are more regular so i'm thinking that ladder match is going to try to steal the show and i i just can't wait i'm excited for everything and that will lead us into our memorable moments moments of hope to die and once again i will always toss it to you first but i only have usually a couple here and there what were your memorable moments of Hope to Die, John? All right, so starting right off the bat, I'd have to say the historic Center Stage Theater right there in Atlanta. We're talking all that history with WCW. Right, uh, that's that's going to be probably my highlight of the evening is the fact that I spent so many evenings as a kid watching so much wrestling emanate from that area. The Wayne Lando bout is another one where I'd like to go back and probably watch it again. It's the future of wrestling. Uh, Billy, Billy Starks looked so strong in this match. That's just another little moment I wanted to make sure I remembered. Blake being a full face again, fully, no BS, one or two detractors. That's normal. That's okay. There was a, uh, a greater focus on younger talent in the first half of this show, and I will say into the second half with that six-way scramble. I'm really happy that they did that. It really showed us where GCW is going, and it's really nice that there was enough local talent in Atlanta to really fill and, and create an entertaining show. We spoke before about Charlie Everett needing a, a team name. So I wanted to kind of put that in the in the moments was just something that I'm remembering that we're going to talk about this hopefully again and again until they do get a name. And I hope that they do. The build, the impending Art of War event on Saturday looks fantastic right now. That's going to be one of the ones I'm going to mention on the upcoming shows here in just a moment. But the last three matches made a fantastic ending to this show. That's that's my moments, my friend. <laughs> and I have a lot of similar moments. Once again, same thing as you. Center stage, fucking awesome. I, I love seeing center stage. I wish it would have been more packed as it was the first time, but that crowd definitely did not make it feel any less uh, crowded or have any less energy as they did the first time. That crowd, I think, killed it and made the show more, more enjoyable for fans watching it. Um, same thing. You did Billy Starks. I'm going to go opposite here. I love seeing B-Boy being the old B-Boy. That that's the b-boy i love seeing i i want more of it please give me more of that old school b-boy like i ain't playing this shit like i'm still here i'm back now i'm healthy this is still my ring i'm gonna you want to try to take it from me you're gonna get an ass whooping like how billy starks did to get it from uh from b-boy um love seeing like blake being finally i think as we said as you said it's a it is what it is now. They had one crazy night. I think that's all over with. Blake could go back to being his normal self. Maybe he now switches something up and gets a better character and plays off more of it. Um, love seeing like Masha Slamovich looked healthy. Love seeing 
Jimmy Lloyd, who also looked healthy. Um, we saw more of those normal matches as we kind of talked about in the past where we were kind of like, hey, that's not the normal Masha Slamovich we get. That's not the normal Jimmy Lloyd. So seeing them two, which looked like they're back to being fully healthy here, love seeing it. And Jordan Oliver, love seeing him get another big win, big uh, win and victory over a more well-known name on a bigger uh, wrestling shows. And seeing Hunter Freeman step up going against Alex Sloan was awesome. And love that build up to this Art of War games. Like I said, I'm so excited for this weekend. Just not not just Art of War games. I like I think that's going to probably be the main event of the night. But I wonder if they're going to do something kind of crazy as they did last year with Cardona, Moxley, and Gage, and all that stuff. I I'm kind of waiting for the holy shit moment that I didn't even think about. Like I don't even think like I don't even know what they could possibly do as a holy shit moment. But I think they got something up their sleeve because they know this is kind of one of the. I believe that they're going to treat as one of their biggest shows of the year. And I just cannot wait for the, the ladder match that Joey Janela is going to have. Four cup stuff. Hey, three cups and two cup stuff killed it. I think they did a perfect build up to this weekend. And we're going to be seeing a lot of good stuff. And I, we haven't even really made mention of Effie's Big Gay Brunch. That, that, they got so much incredible talent on that show. I think that show's on Sunday. I, I, I'm looking forward to watching oh, yeah. that one. Because like last year's was crazy seeing Jay Vidal jump off wherever on Hoffman Estates. Like jump off to a crowd of people during his scramble match. Like... I'm just excited for every single bit of this weekend. I am going to be on my, this chair is going to have my big ass imprint on it. Cause I'm going to be sitting here all weekend long watching wrestling and enjoying every bit of GCW wrestling, black label pro wrestling, FE big gay brunch. It's going to be a fun weekend. All right. So you want to do some upcoming shows, my friend? Yes. Let's hear about all the fantastic stuff. And this will help me remind, cause I missed some of these match announcements this week. Okay, so here we go. Our first match of the uh, the weekend is going to kick off here on Friday, September 2nd. This is going to be mid midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. Pacific. We're looking at GCW versus Black Label Pro, four cup stuff. This is going to be on Fight TV. Uh, we're going to have Marco Stunt versus Shane Mercer, Joey Janela versus Ernest the Cat Miller. We're going to have Brian Alvarez and Billy Starks versus Filthy Tom Lawler and Killer. I don't remember who. Killer Killer was off the, thank you. I almost said Killer Cross. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I'm about to say, whoa, what? <laughs> That's a big name I missed. And then uh, we have Swan going up against Tankman. We have a Lucha match where we have Gringo Loco, Toxin, and Latigo versus Drago Kid, Laredo Kid, and ASF. We have Team GCW versus Team Black Label Pro. Team GCW will be Tony Deppin, uh, Cole, Wayne, Oliver, and Blake versus Team Black Label Pro, which is Dominic Garini, Josh Bishop, Levi Everett, Crash Jackson, and Kevin Koo. And then the last one I wanted to mention, because this is such a weird one, is Speedball Mike Bailey versus Kylie Ray. This isn't our main event. I just wanted to leave it to the last for a minute, because just, just in passing, since these are supposed to be quick announcements, uh, this is going to be a weird one, because both play great faces, and both play great heels and Kylie Ray always comes in and smiles and always leaves kind of bitchy. And I yep. wanted to just say that she has one of the most fantastic and entertaining characters, but I also know Bailey can be an incredible dick when he wants to, they both have great, uh, they're both great faces and great heels. So I'm really going to be interested in how they're going to tell this tale. Yeah, and last time I saw Kylie Ray, like I never see her really heal it up like how she did before. Like I think it was her match against Alley Catch where one fan said, I don't know, I don't even know what the fan said. 
But like you could tell right away she's smiling and then right away one fan set her off and she turned into a whole new character, which I'd never seen. And I loved seeing the mean side of Smiley Kylie and her against Bailey. Like that's th this whole I, th this whole card is even better now that you said it than I originally thought it was going to be. Wow. Sorry. No, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Wow. That, like I'm so looking forward to that card. So, so once again, if, if you're hearing this beforehand, if not, that's fine. But yeah, GCW versus Black Label Pro, Four Cup Stuff, Fight TV, Friday, September 2nd. That's midnight East Coast, 9 p.m. Pacific. So then after you've enjoyed that, you can get yourself a good night's sleep. But in the morning on Saturday morning, September 3rd, this is 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. We have GCW Settlement Series Part 2. You're going to be able to see this on IWTV.com. Our first match I'm going to talk about here would be the Draco Kid, Maserati West, Tony Deppen, Chase Burnett, Ciclope, and Miedo, and Storm Grayson. I believe that is a... Oh, no. Yeah. No. Let me, let me not say that this way. I don't want to misspeak. Basically, what's going on here was these names have all been announced. However, they haven't been put into the proper matches yet. So I'm going to go ahead and go through this list. This list is long. I'm so sorry, everyone. But here we go. Drago Kid, Maserati West. Maserati West, apologies. Tony Deppen, Chase Burnett, Ciclope, Miero, Storm Grayson, JJG, Scotty Steiner, Janai Kai, Jeffrey John, Sandra Moon, Billy Starks, Jay Vidal, Rogue Finley, Cole Radrick, Pollo Del Mar, Kevin Gill, MLJ, Ellis Taylor, Charlie Tiger, Azriel, Brandon Kirk, Bam Sullivan, Big Fucking Vin, Too Hot Steve Scott. That's all going on again Saturday noon noon yep. time uh pacific and 3 p.m on the east coast so that would be our early day entertainment <clears throat> which will roll now into the night this would be gcw's art of war games 2 on fight tv this would be saturday september 3rd 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific we're going to be looking at a matt cardona appearance thank you so much Alex Shelley versus Blake Christian, Aussie Open versus Wayne and Oliver as a team, Sawyer Wreck versus Charlie Evans, oh, oh, oh. Uh, the double ring, the double cage that we're going to have with the Briscoe brothers, Bussy, SGC, Los Macisos, and the team of Alex Cologne and John Wayne Murdoch. The last thing I will mention here would be the Paps Blue Ribbon Ladder Scramble for the Extreme Championship. That's Janella, Bailey, Deppin, gringo dante and drago dude that is a stacked fucking card that whole weekend's crazy dude. i totally like i was saying it ain't over it ain't over i was excited for black label pro i was excited for art of war games i'm excited for fe's big gay brunch i totally forgot about the settlement series and i yeah, get bro. to see my new favorite wrestler archie willits is going to be debuting for the gcw settlement series and if you guys uh Go on GCW, check out their Twitter. You get to see the awesome graphics that they have for the Settlement Series. You get to learn yeah. all the new names and new faces you're going to see at GCW Settlement Series. Uh, going back to the first one, that was so fucking entertaining. I cannot wait. I, I, I totally forgot about it, but I, now we're hearing about it. I cannot wait to watch that show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that that whole thing, that's going to be one busy Saturday. Anybody who has nothing to do, now they do. We're talking probably two, three hours of entertainment for the first show three three and a half hours of entertainment for the second show that night 
So that would wrap up Saturday. Now you're going to want to try to go to bed as early as possible because the next day, this would be Sunday, September 4th, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We're going to have GCW's Effie's Big Gay Brunch. This is going to be on Fight TV. So far, there's been an excellent card announced for this. Uh, we do have Pollo Del Mar set to show up. Edith Surreal set to show up. There will be the gayest tag gauntlet. I don't know how many is in that, but I'm sure it's going to be more than five. Sandra Moon versus Ashton. We have uh, uh, Jay Vidal versus Monroe. We have Kid Bandit versus Pero. We have Effie versus Max the Impaler. And then our main event, I believe, would be Taya Valkyrie versus Dark Sheik versus Alley Catch. And that's going to be another fantastic show. Um, I will say I believe there are till, still some tickets open to most of these. I do know that Effie on his um, on his. Uh, podcast he was saying that this year they're actually going to work really hard on having a legit brunch that's why i was about to say like i thought i thought i remember him mentioning that they're like didn't he put like a menu too i think of what they're going to offer for uh food for the brunch too I, I can't remember what it was but i remember when he brought that up like i never knew that they didn't actually do a brunch i always thought they did do a brunch like maybe for like the patrons or something like that but that's cool though yeah. that they're going to open that up for a lot more people this year yeah, I th I, you figure just a couple extra bucks, man, and, uh, you know, get yourself a nice, uh, I mean, come on, how much would eggs cost? And then you have someone cook them up, maybe make a little money, everybody's happy, <laughs> you know. But um, this is one hell of an exciting weekend. Wow. Four shows coming up. You know it's going to be minimum two, two and a half hours, three hours apiece. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I right now, like, I, I want to go watch what's about to happen because... Like this, this weekend is going to be nuts. Like I totally forgot about the settlement series. And that's was like one of the more entertaining shows of the year that from that they did. Like, obviously they're going to, I think they're because of the seriousness of art of war games, the craziness of the black label pro four cup show, the fun that Effie's gay brunch is going to have. I think they're going to make that settlement series as it was last time, a very comedy heavy show with awesome in-ring talent. And I just can't wait to see it. Cause I love seeing the wrestlers as the as the different uh, concoctions of the characters that they come up with. I love. Hopefully, we'll see if we get Judge Effie and Judge Judge Alley Catchback, the Bussy Supreme Court. Um, love it. That Solomon series was so fun, man. I'm just thinking about all the fun stuff, and I can't wait to see what cases are brought up in the court of law at the GCW settlement series. It's Dude, it was so unique. Thing. Yes, so unique. Uh, yeah, I'm, anything else you have to say about this, my friend? I I want to go watch it. Like that's that's what I want to say. Okay, like right cool. now, I am stoked. Like I <laughs> I forgot about the setup series. I'm more excited right now for the setup series. But this whole weekend's just gonna be nuts, and uh we are gonna cover pretty much those four shows of what I'm assuming. Uh, we're gonna, oh yeah, <laughs> we're gonna try to. I know we fell behind with this episode. Unforeseen circumstances happened, but we have fixed it. We're gonna keep on going. We're all caught up now, but. We're going to fall right back again here in about two hours. We're going to fall behind okay. again, but I, it's okay. going to be fun next week. We're going to be pumping out shows. Hopefully uh, if any more, unforeseen, uh, hopefully barring any more unforeseen circumstances that we had this week, but I cannot wait to cover every single show. I, I, these might be long. Like we're going to be on all night. Cause you see right now, how excited I am. We're trying to end the show here. And I'm just want to keep on talking about it. Cause I'm so excited for it. And I just can't wait no. after everything happens discussing it. Cause I think it's, one of their top four shows of the year. I think it's going to lead into crazy end of the year for GCW with a lot of different surprises, storylines, a lot of different uh, crazy faction wars maybe going on. Maybe we see Team Bussy and SGC. This kind of maybe breaks them apart a little bit. 
I don't know. I, I I don't know what to expect. I can't. I just know I'm going to be shocked, surprised, and entertained for three, four days in a row with those four shows, and I'm all in for it, and I can't wait to see it. So here's my weekend right now. Uh, I'm getting ready to watch the show at nine, and then I don't think I'm going to review it, but I may. I also have about three hours of homework to do because I'm I'm also in school. <laughs> and some people should know. And then I have to wake up tomorrow. We have the Saturday show, then the second Saturday show. About seven, eight o'clock at night, I have a friend's birthday party that I'm going to. So then Sunday, here comes 9 a.m. Effie's Gay Brunch for us on the on the West Coast. Then at two o'clock, I have a local show. So, wow. um, yep. Yeah, I have uh, uh, Future Stars of Wrestling here out in Las Vegas. Uh, come say hi. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> and um, then I have All Out. Or no, I'm sorry. Yeah, All okay, Out. Yep. It's yep. going to be at 5 o'clock my time. So my weekend kicks off in less than an hour, and so does yours, my friend. Yep, and I'm, I'm right it's there with beautiful. you. I'm, I, tonight, I, got, I, I watched Rampage. I'm going to be watching SmackDown because it's been killing it. I cannot, and we're going to watch the GCW show, so I got a long night ahead now. Somehow I got to wake mm-hmm. up early, watch the Sediment series. I'll be going to watch Clash of the Castle, then come back and watch Art of War games on Sunday. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep, Sunday, yeah. going to watch Effie's Big Gay Brunch right into All Out. Like, I'm not leaving this chair for a weekend. And then I'm probably not leaving this chair all next week as we record this podcast and hopefully pump out these episodes, keep us on track, keep us on schedule, because uh, Brett <laughs> Brett's tweet kind of scared me here. What did he say? He has like... In the next like nine weeks or something like that, he's got all like shows every weekend. They're going to Japan. They're going to Mexico. They're going to England. Like Brett said on mm-hmm. that tweet, like, "Oh yeah, I got all these uh my schedule for the next couple of weeks." And I'm just like looking at it because like that's going to be our schedule now. I'm doing the podcast. It's like okay, here it is: nine straight weekends in which he will produce or co-produce twenty different wrestling shows in five different states and four different countries. And we will be here to capture and discuss and review every single one of those and it feels good to be busy with something that we enjoy covering gcw podcast so at first i saw it i'm like oh that's gonna be a lot of work but i don't consider this work i consider this kind of therapy (laughs) kind of my wife's kind of glad i get to talk with you about wrestling get all of it off my chest and this is going to be fun this is going to be a fun time i think wrestling's turning for a whole for a positive there's a lot of drama, a lot of stories going out there, and a lot of excitement regarding everything. And GCW is right there in the thick of things, doing their own thing, making their own excitement, and giving us entertainment. And this week, we will see crazy high spot ladder matches and Art of War games done in a death setting at GCW. Uh, you said it better than than I could, my friend. I think we're good, buddy. You were uh, ready to wrap, and I was too. That worked out. All right, so let's wrap this up here on behalf of myself and Mr. John J. Wolf. Thank you all for checking out GCW Plant Podcast, episode 16. Be on the lookout, like I said, next week on a lot more YouTube videos and a lot more podcasts. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, maybe on a daily basis, we'll, we're will we going to crank these out and give you guys what you guys hopefully are enjoying because we're enjoying doing this and reviewing it with you guys. Once again, uh, we're almost at our next goal already. Like we, Between our last podcast and this podcast, we're about to hit one of my next goals that I had in a lot shorter time. So once again, thank you all that's out there listening, spreading the word. I'm seeing all these new states and cities listening to it and stuff like that. It's just awesome seeing it kind of grow. And now it's kind of gone globally where we're getting some people out in Belgium and in, in Hawaii and in Japan. It's awesome to see all the, the 
different places people are listening to the show and it's it's been fun and those seeing those kind of stats and those kind of uh where people are listening to kind of makes it all worthwhile makes it feel like hey we are doing a good thing because i feel we are we just want to get gcw more fans get more people watching awesome wrestling like how we enjoy it and be fans just like how we are so we ain't making no money yeah, it's, all, it's all love man yeah we're just all doing it for fun so basically it's just we thought it would be cool to have something to listen to or something to do gcw related because sometimes it is two weeks between shows so yep. if we can pop out three four five six sometimes maybe seven hours of, of content a week so people have something to listen to uh honestly thank you so much every person that i've talked to or have ever said anything have been so nice and that's all we really wanted to do is like be kind and talk and have a good time so thank you yes on behalf of myself and mr john j wolf that will wrap it up for gcw's podcast episode 16 hope to die and we will catch you at gcw's probably four cup stuff first and then gcw's art of war game yes and once again as we always ended out long live, live gcw, G-C-W.